Well, let's get into it. Everyone, welcome to Idle Chatter. I'm Laura. And I'm Ashley. We are joined by two very special guests, Aggie and Nick from the podcast Escaping Reality, or should I say the Escaping Reality podcast? Semantics. I don't know if you have a preference. That's okay. As long as you don't confuse us with PG's podcast, the Reality Escape Pod. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Does that happen often? Um, Max from Worlds Apart tweeted about how amazing PG's podcast was and tagged us. And Ooh. like tweet back, like, hey, thanks so much for the shout out. We are not the podcast you're looking for, but if you want to talk about to us Survivor, anyway. that's us. And think about maybe how many people saw it and then potentially checked out your podcast because of it. Right. I mean, here's the accident. I love Max. He's like one of my like IRL survivor crushes. Oh my gosh. I love it. From the moment he came on screen, I like looked at Aggie as we were watching. I was like, that man is delicious. I do think it had a little bit to do with the fact that he was naked on the beach, like regularly, but. Semantics, you know. (laughs) When I, when I saw his season, I was like, you know, I, I don't know that he left an impression necessarily, but just his social media presence really does it for me. Um, before we get into the episode at hand, I have a couple, actually, I don't know if you have any questions, but I have a couple of questions for you guys to kick things off with. And to everyone listening, if you haven't heard our episode with their other two co-hosts, Stacey and Anna, that's a good one too. But there's, okay, so after we had you on, some of our friends of the show, Courtney and Brian, um, okay, so- I know that you're all friends, like, tangentially. So, like, with me, Ashley, Courtney, and Brian, like, me and Ashley and Courtney went to high school together, and then I went to college with Brian. And then, so, like, they became friends through me, kind of. But, like, can you break down the particulars of your your foursome? It's crazy, to be honest. (laughs) Um, The people that, like, we've been, we've been, people want to know. Okay. No, I tried asking on your live too, and you did address it there, but I feel like either Courtney or Brian couldn't be there. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember to recap it too, it's but I, I complicated, so. It's like yeah. weird. So me and Anna, we grew up in Buffalo together and we went to theater camp. We met there um, and it was weird because we would only go to theater camp one week out of the entire summer. And for that entire week, we were, like, best friends. Hung out every single time. Talked nonstop. Did lunch together. We would, like, even get dinner sometimes afterwards. But then throughout the rest of the year, we never spoke with each other once. Mm-hmm. Like, not at all. Um, that's so crazy. So, yeah. And then, so that's how we met. And we became super close. And our other close friend, Ellen, met there with us as well, who has been on our podcast a couple times. Mm. And then we all went off to college separately. Anna actually went to college in Scotland. Um, And then after college, we all just ended up moving to New York City together, like within two months of each other. Um, And we've just like become even closer since then. So. So the weird thing is like, I know Stacey, I went to college with Stacey. She and I met at college, have been besties ever since. There's like five girls, friends that I like really kept from college that are like, all together the others are like separate one off ones but like us five girlfriends like we have a weekly zoom like we hang out all the time even though none of us live in the same place really creepy and weird i'm like why have none of us lived in the same place it's a problem anyway so me and stacy met in college we watched survivor together in college nick and i worked together like at our actual job in new york we met at the school we work at so then 
now he and I are roommates, obviously. And then when we decided to start rewatching Survivor, there were like 10 of us at one point who were all watching and chatting. And then it became like, kind of like not everyone could come every week. And so then we sort of, from there, like, I'm sorry, this is going to sound lame, but it was like the four single people who didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest, like that's literally who, st- who like became the podcast. And so we've had some of our other friends on and like, things like that. And they were watching or they were like kind of kept up, but other people like just things that came up in the pandemic, people moved, things like that. And so Anna was from Nick's side, Stacy was from my side. And then we all like kind of came together. Thank you. Thank you. Together. But it's a weird backstory that is not. It's, it's interesting because like, sure. I have like connections to Anna and Aggie, but I didn't have any connection to Stacy. Mm-hmm. Like Aggie kind of had met Anna once or twice, like through me before we like before pandemic, but not like super close. And now like we're all just like one big happy family. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because I feel like there's I don't know when you do a po- like as, sometimes like Ashley and I will like jokingly call each other our business partner, but I don't <laughs> we're not jo- we're not joking though. Sure. Um, but it's, it's really like, I don't know, we, I would say before doing the podcast, like I definitely considered, this is, sorry, it's like embarrassing to look at you and say this. Um, like I definitely considered Ashley like a good friend, but now I consider her like one of my best friends. Cause it's just that you're log, you're logging a lot of hours, you know? Seriously, talk constant communication. I know. Like I, I find it so funny cause like I had never met Stacy and now like I go, I talk to her every single day. And, like, to not talk to her one day, like, would be weird. And went on vacation together. And by vacation, I mean, like, we rented a house um, in the Hamptons. And we all just, like, quarantined in a house in the Hamptons instead of quarantining in our separate apartments. But I was like, I never met you in real life, but let's go on a week-long vacation together. And it would just be so weird to, like, not talk to her her every day now after just meeting her. I mean, we've also kind of been in a weird, like, hiatus because we're doing RuPaul coverage and, like, old Survivor stuff for, like, Mm -hmm. setting up interviews and stuff like that. Um, But we kind of had a lull between, like, the end of season 40. We were all kind of like, we need a minute. And Stacey was, like, on vacation with her family because her sister just graduated from college. And literally we were all like, what do I do with my Sunday now? Like, um, hmm. (laughs) What what do we do with ourselves now? Because we've been kind of just, like, gearing up for all these new like Mm -hmm. summer stuff that we're going to do with survivor um reaching out to people about interviews all that stuff so like it's just kind of been like a weird lull and i'm like i've had like three weeks where we haven't had to record an episode because we've had like other stuff or we've had backlog episodes and i'm like what do i do with myself yeah Yeah, well don't worry we're here for you you're you're here today at least i just it is funny that when i'm when I am listening to you guys, that's why I didn't know where the connections were because you all just seem so on the same page. Like you're all besties. So it like, came the together backstory. really well. Like we recorded our first like get to know us episode. Uh, no, not even that. Like we recorded like, I think the first episode we recorded was truly Borneo. And after we were done recording, we all like texted in our group chat. We're like, guys, that went surprisingly well. Like we yeah. feel like, we like had a good rapport with each other. We each like, it's also funny. Like if you listen to us, like we're each going to bring up different things about survivor. And mm-hmm. that also really works well into having a podcast because we all watch for completely different reasons. And so yeah. it worked out really well. Yeah. I like, I like when you guys disagree and it's when Ashley and I first started <laughs> recording, like if you listen to 
uh, our season 40 coverage, there's, I think maybe the first half, it's like, we're pretty much just lockstep agreeing with each other. And then gradually we've come a little bit out of our shelves and we've gotten in like two, like on air, like podcast fights in like the past month. And I consider that successful. What was Taylor Swift? What was the other one? There's Taylor Swift, and then there was uh the the cast versus Sarah. We could you you were on cast's oh. side, and I was on Sarah's side. Clearly, I was on cast's side. Sarah was being a brat. I don't I don't want to get into it. I have one more question for you guys. That's not about this episode, though. So I thought the thing that was really fascinating to me. So if every everyone listening, if you haven't listened to Escaping Reality. They're a little bit different from us. They just went through all 40 seasons and it was essentially one episode per season. So it's a holistic view of a whole Survivor season instead of an episode by episode recap. And then when you got to the end, you all four of you ranked all of them. And that was like... Cost of I, fight. I don't... listen to that episode. That was probably our most angry episode we have. That one and like worlds apart caused so actual real <laughs> drama between me and Aggie. <laughs> so contentious, but okay, sorry, we cut you off. What's the question? No, well, so and because I don't know that I could do it if I hadn't if I didn't binge them, which is you know what I mean because it's so I'm so skewed by what I've most recently seen. Mm-hmm. And what I haven't most recently seen, because you remember things a lot differently. Like, I remembered, I always say it wrong, Gabon, as, like, this beautiful, heartwarming story. And then I watched it recently, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, Okay, so one, a practical question I had. Did you look at, or had you ever just, like, in your podcasting stumbled upon, like, you know, the, like, online rankings like entertainment weekly or you know like you know like how every every site has like did you see those and did they influence you i looked at the rankings of each episode before we would record that episode or the rankings of each season before we record that episode um and kind of it was to like to like because like if you listen to our podcast I'm going to give you all some, like, behind-the-scenes tea of my life. But if you listen to the podcast, I'm clearly, like, not the antagonist, but I'm clearly, like, the person who, like, brings up a lot of, like, the devil's advocate shit. And, like, I'm the one who, like, will cause the most drama in there because, like you guys said, like, if everyone's just agreeing, like, it's not a holistic viewpoint because not everybody in the world agrees. So I sometimes, like, look to see, like, what fans say, and I'm like, all right, can I anger the fans today or anger the podcast today? Which one's going to be most fun to play with? So I would always look at how the season ranked to real people and like kind of see like what people were saying. And I remember like the first time I did that was Thailand, which was season five, which is a terrible season. We, it should be forgotten. But like Jeff Probst has a quote about this season. And he's like, it's the most unlikable final four in the history of Survivor. None of them should win. And we didn't want them to. And he has like this mean, horrible quote. And I was like, great. I can latch on to that and make my entire case just going off of that. Um, but when I was doing my own rankings, I tried to do like myself personally and not like think of the survivor world. Yeah. I think for me, if you listen to that episode, I go in for like three minutes about my criteria. It was out of like 110 points. I did this whole thing. It was like ridiculous, but I like ranked, you know, hotness of guys slash girls on this season. And like, 
likability of the players and the ensemble cast as a whole, like, did they make the season better because of the group dynamic? Or was it like you really only cared about like one or two of them? And like, is it more exciting pre or post merge and like all this stuff? But we probably, I probably couldn't have done that one. I'd only seen probably season 27 to season 30 realistically before I watched. Like Stacey and I watched some in college. Um, I had probably seen like Pearl Islands and maybe like one or two others when I was like young, but not like in a consistent way. So I didn't have a lot. I just knew I liked the concept and I'd seen a few seasons. I was like, it's fire. Like we definitely can watch, but sitting there going through seasons one through 40, I looked back at all my notes. Like I have like six moleskin notebooks full of all the notes I've taken on survivor seasons one through 40. It's actually insane. Like I also did like diversity bonus points. Shout out to seasons 13 and 14 being the only two seasons that would meet the 50% requirement. Mm-hmm. That's it. Season 39 is one person away. It had nine out of 20. But I was just like, like I gave bonus points. If the winner was a person of color, like I did a whole thing just to like get a vibe for holistically, what did I care about? And what did I like about these seasons? Um, it got a little contentious, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't use the rankings mainly because like, again, I know season 39 is problematic, but I actually, minus Dan, I don't hate that season. And across the board, every ranking next up, every ranking ever is like, it's the worst season that's ever happened because of that one incident. And so like, there's just like things that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to disagree with the fandom today. It's just going to be who I am today. I'm going to disagree. You'll see in our episode, like, I love San Juan del Sur. And everyone hates it. Our whole pod hates it. Like, they don't care for it. I mean, Natalie's the winner. Yeah, we picked yeah. that to do one of our. We loved it clearly because I, that's what I we love. Our first it's not, I don't think we hate it. It's, it's just not like, super well liked on the yeah. pod and or Keith Nail is there. Keith Nail is there. What else? What more do you need? It's just like I really like it. I understand people hate Baylor and Missy, so they like kind of can't get over it. But like, I just really like the season in general. And so there were a few moments where I was. My tiebreaker was a lot of times like just gut feeling, but I know Anna used her tiebreaker was like, where does it rank on Rob has a podcast or something like that? When she had a tie, she was like, whichever one they rank yeah. higher is the one I'll put higher. Um, so it just kind of depended. I really just tried to go off my feels, which is why sometimes my choices are, I think there's few, that, like a few seasons we all agreed on were like fire. And then I think like our top 10, we are pretty much like, solidify that like the same 10 seasons are there but we just have them in different mm-hmm. places but, minus, like, we pull all, out. minus pull out on Anna, but like that's trash pull out. we're gonna talk there's like we're one. gonna we're gonna talk about palau a little bit and vanuatu at the end because i have i've been watching those recently and i have thoughts but those those are really good points we we wanted to participate in your uh you know you do the rankings but i it's i i would describe myself as this is an, I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but if I see a movie in the movie theater, I will generally come away saying, yeah, I liked that movie because I like the experience of going to the movie mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. If I watch that same movie at home, I might not say that. And I, I, what I mean by that is like, I feel like I could watch any season of Survivor and be like, yeah, I liked it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, that was good. We liked almost all of them. It's, it's a good choice at some point. That's why I think like I'm better suited to this episodic format because I can it's a it's a more bite-sized thing for me to critique if I have to critique something overall I I think I'd I'd struggle. Yeah. It's, 
it's also like kind of like what led us into what we're kind of doing next where every um every host of the pod is going to pick a season that we want to rewatch or that we just don't think got a fair shot oh that's fun we're going to rewatch yeah. it and like then recap our feelings again because there's like some because se- i'm sure you all notice this too but like if you watch like micro or yeah micronesia and then directly after micronesia go into gabon it's a bit of a letdown because like yeah it was like the world's greatest season of survivor in my opinion and then gabon like it yeah. just feels not as special even though it is a good season but you just like came off of this high of watching the these people and like parv and everyone and so it's like it feels like a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. so we're each picking a season that we think maybe didn't get a fair shot or something that we feel that everybody needs to watch again and of course we're starting with palau because we're going in like timeline order and anna picked palau which is the earliest season that anybody picked i was going to make us watch borneo because borneo holds a special place in my heart but like nobody would give it a fair shot i just know it wasn't even that either it was like we're trying to give each other and we're going to put this on social media for people who want to watch with us, like watch the same season as us at the same time. Cause there's four of them. And then we're doing a vote where people can pick what we watch and it's going to be pretty, I think it'll be fun. Like as our final rewatch. And um, we were like going through and we're trying to pick seasons that we like, but we can like make an argument for why it was like misjudged the first time. Mm-hmm. And so like Anna's going to come with, come tomorrow and be like okay here's what you're gonna pay attention to when you watch Palau she's like I'm not necessarily you're not necessarily gonna change your mind but here's what I want you to pay attention to because this is why I like it and so we're trying to do that with some of our seasons and with Borneo it was like we couldn't come up with a real like reason to rewatch it other than the fact that like it was the first season I will just say and like I I hope that one of the considerations is just like impeccable set design like I think they pull every detail of the theme through like the torches have that like metal look I just think it's cute (laughs) I'm excited to see what the rest of those are well give us a give us before we get into um we're we are here today to talk about Kagayan uh god brains versus brains versus brawn versus beauty uh episode nine sitting in my spy shack can you can you give us your your elevator pitch on your overall Kagayan thoughts? I I was telling this to Aggie as we were rewatching the episode. Like the brains versus brawn versus beauty theme shouldn't work, or like you should feel uncomfortable with it because it's such like trivial things to put people into a category for, like because it's like kind of offensive. Because like what's beauty? It's subjective to the eye. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder and all that stuff, and. But then I was watching, I was like, why do these seasons work so damn well? Mm-hmm. Like, why is Kagiyan an amazing season? Why is Kaurang an amazing season? Like, with the, this terrible theme? And as we were watching this episode, I was like, I just want to rewatch this season from beginning to end. Because it's just, like, phenomenal. Like, it's... Uh, it's just so good. It's like, pulls you into current day survivor and like shows you why survivor has been around for 40 seasons 20 years like i just this is a perfect season to be on netflix because if you've never watched survivor before this season will hook you and make you be like oh maybe i should watch all of this 
So I, I love it. 100%. I think Kagiyan, I really like Kagiyan. I think um, much in the way that people will credit Russell Hance with sort of the direction that Survivor went post him. I think you can also credit Tony in this season being the start of like voting block kind of voting where he has people that he's really, you know, loyal to, you know, there's like two or three and then he does vote what is going to be best for him, um, which is pretty impressive. And I think feelings for Tony outside of the game, potentially off the table here. I do think he's very good at it. Um, and it's really, really interesting to watch. There's also no reason for him to win. Like, why, Woo, why do you bring, not, why do you bring Tony? We can talk about that at a different time, but like, it's just, it's, I think it's a really beautiful season. And I think all the brain brawn beauty ones do this as well. I love seasons where it's about the relationships you build past the like distinctions you've made. I think David versus Goliath, even though I don't love some parts of that season, I think is a really good example of people going past the label they've been given to create connections. And I think that makes the stronger season. And I think brains, bronze beauty, when they're given that title, they like something magical happens and they like find connections with each other, especially when they swap the tribes. And it just like, it makes good television and it makes good survivor because you have to figure out a way to like make your way through this without, you know, like, sticking to necessarily your one thing. And I also, Kagiyan, there are so, there's not a single person on that season who didn't want to win the million dollars. There yeah. are no filler people in that cast. Like you could just like redo that cast. And, and you'd have a different, out- and you'd probably have a different outcome. Yeah. It's so hard because like, as, <laughs> as Ashley's going to kill me, as soon as you said, woo, I just got like, so distracted. I'm obsessed with him. And I don't know that I was the first time I watched it necessarily, but like the second time around, I'm just smitten. And Ashley, I don't know if you saw, but I tagged him in a story earlier this week and he responded. It was just emojis, but I don't care. I'll take isn't it. This the, isn't this the emoji? Yeah. And like a smiley face of some sort. I mean, go you. I know. Good job. I mean, I would I, I would have preferred a heart, but I'll <laughs> take what I can get. We'll get there one day. I mean, the thing about it for me is we will indeed actually today talk about why would Wu bring Tony, you know, towards the end of this episode. I feel like he was given a very good reason not to. So I was getting really mad when I was watching, watching that. But for this, for some reason, and I, I hope Bryce doesn't murder me if he ever happens to listen to this. I was not just, I was not super stoked when Kagayan won our bracket. But then when I'm watching it, I don't understand why. Because every week I'm riveted. I think, do you ever just not want to like the most popular thing? I think because Kagayan is rated so high, I'm like, well, duh, everyone likes that. I want to watch Fans vs. Favorites 2, season 26, which apparently isn't that popular, but I think it is the best. Oh, it's one of the best seasons. It's great. Fight us. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good. But So I wasn't super excited about doing Kagan, but now that I'm here, I I understand why it's the best. Yeah, I get you're it. Like, you're talking to two Aquariuses, and like there might not be a lot of Zodiac things that I believe in or I identify with, but the one thing I believe in is I never want to like... The majority's favorite. I want to be different. Yeah. And Aggie That's an Aquarius that. problem. Me and Aggie bond on that all the time. And we're just like, I can't like this because it's what everyone's doing and liking. And that was definitely like 
going into some seasons when we were doing our rewatch, I was like, oh, this is the number one season everybody watched. It can't be that. <laughs> watching, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's this really is good. Perfection. Yeah, it I really think, is good. I agree, though. Like, it's not overhyped, right? It's, I think it's similar to like Hamilton yeah. if you're in the musical theater world. Like, there's a lot of hype there, right? And you're like, there's no way it's going to be that good. And then it actually is. And I think. But it's because you have a charismatic winner, right? Like his confessionals are good. You care about him the whole time. He's in every episode. I think some of the weaknesses that we've found after watching 40 in a row was like, there are some seasons where like the winner's not that present. And I, mm-hmm. and I do think that changes your view of the season. Cause you're kind of like, who the fuck is this? Like, I don't care about this person. Like, and so as you kind of go through, you're kind of like, Oh, he's just like he's funny he's interesting i think we said this in winners at war like tony's hilarious like that man's ridiculous and you're just like like the time where he's counting the calendar days he's like it's two weeks and they're like it's 10 days like no that's that's literally not two weeks and he's like yeah it is and you're like oh you genuinely believe that oh (laughs) something too with this season that like makes me sound like a hypocrite sometimes because things about this season make it so I shouldn't like it. I don't like when strong people win seasons or like muscle people or honestly when straight white men win seasons, I usually muscle don't. people. It annoys me. Um, so like that's going against it. And also the fact that nobody ever sees that Tony is going to win and goes against him, even though there is ample opportunity that mm-hmm. also bothers me in seasons. That's why like ghost Island isn't that high for me because nobody went against Wendell or Munza's face. Dominic. Um, like nobody ever goes against them, even though everybody saw that they were gonna win. But for some reason, it doesn't bother me in Kagyan. Like I, I don't know why it should bother me, but I'm watching. And I'm like, lol. Trish is just gonna go with whatever Tony says again. <laughs> and okay. I mean, we also talked yesterday. Like we compared Tony to Ben because Tony finds every idol, and so did Ben. But you actually see him looking for them, whereas Ben would like sit down and there's like an arrow pointing down. It's like, oh, go get it. It's literally right there. Whereas Tony is like hustling his ass off to get them. So I think you you don't root against him necessarily because you're like, clearly he's the producer's favorite because like, why wouldn't he be? But you actually feel like he earned it. (laughs) He also introduced just like so many iconic moments, like in the episode title, Sitting in My Spy Shack, I think was just... So iconic. And then, you know, in his other seasons, we got the spy nest, the spot. What was the other one? The spy. Oh, the there spy was some. Bunker the spy game. bunker. That was bunker. the worst iteration for sure. No, I was going to We were watching this episode and I went to Aggie. I was like, oh my God, we get the first spy chat, spy shack episode. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so excited because I think we really just, you know, did pick a date like, hey, when are you two free to come on? And I was just like, Oh, I hope it's a good episode. I hope it's a good episode. And I mean, it's not like the best episode of the entire season, but I I was like, honestly, the spy shack saves it. Um, we got, we got like my favorite woo moment ever when he falls out of the tree. He's like, I broke my butt. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh my butt. Like, okay. We're going to need to carve out some time to talk about that moment. But <laughs> before we, before we go any further, the Netflix description of this episode is a stealthy player. Tony secretly embarks on a stakeout to eavesdrop on the competition at a reward castaways bond over letters from home gag me 
we 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 pick off uh we pick up uh night 25 after tribal we get ashley did you see it this time there's another jungle cat sighting oh no i i missed it i'm sorry okay i believe you i believe you uh, I, th- I think it's Cass says something like, I love this game. They're all asking who flipped. And, you know, Tony says me and Woo, they kind of own it. And Trish, Cass, and Jeffra are, you know, they're kind of trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I like Trish. Trish sums it up. They bamboozled LJ and Jeffra asks if she's on the bottom. And, you know, they they are starting to see it because Spencer says, you know, Tony is not so predictable. He likes big moves. The second we make a move against Tony, the better. So, I mean, People do see it. Well, I think it's two Spencer's on the bottom, right? So like Spencer and Tasha and Jeremiah are aware, but like they have to have someone go with them. It's not one of those seasons where it's fully at that point of like, I'll just vote with whoever to make the yeah. right move to get more people closer to the end. It's not one of those seasons because there is an alliance, right? Um, and so I think the people who recognize that Tony's going to win are the people who can't really do anything about it because the people who don't recognize it are on Tony's team. Yeah. It's not that like no one recognizes and Jeff like, I mean, I don't know how we're going to, I don't know where I don't want to jump ahead, but like Jeff annoys me this episode because she does realize that she's on the bottom. She's literally not on the team of the Alliance for the reward. Like she's with the other three. So to me, that would be like, blaring signal like they don't want me but regardless um and then she's like maybe i'll vote with you and then she goes to jeremiah and she's like i'm not gonna vote with you and i said well you've been a fun addition to this episode jeffra no it's hard it's hard to watch the next day tony says that he's in trouble and so he sprints through the jungle to the water well and starts working on his shack. It's funny. In my head, I remembered this to be a lot more elaborate. And maybe it gets more elaborate throughout the season. I truly don't remember. But it's really just like some bushes and shrubs and like a broken branch like thrown together. And he goes, that's where I'll be the most patient when I'm sitting in my spy shack. Now, the editing here is questionable because how long was he sitting there? But from what we see, the very next second after he creeps into his shack trish and jeffra come walking up and jeffra is like she's worried about it and trish is like no no i think it's fine but you know i I will tell you what tony is an academy award-winning actor and so tony hears this and says you know well i don't trust jeffra anymore because she doesn't trust me i've talked about this i i don't know ashley when it was but this is this always frustrates me when they say like I don't trust the per. I don't trust this person because they don't trust me. But it's like, yeah, they don't trust you because you did this shady thing. Like, yeah. what do you expect? Seriously, yeah. it's it's funny. It's comical because it's like we were talking about this with Tony. Aggie brought it up, and she's like, Tony will not trust you if you don't trust him, but he doesn't do anything trustworthy. Yeah, it's like Sarah yeah. explains it perfectly well in Winners at War, and she's like, I've had to deal with this for the past 26 days she's like this is tony this is who i chose to align myself with as he's running around doing these chaotic things not telling anybody even his strongest alliance and like if you want to work with tony you just need to be okay with that i think the weird thing about tony is too though he does genuinely trust like two people every time he's on a season he genuinely trusts like two people and does tell them things but it's like, 
because like Wu voted with them, right? Like the night before in the blind side, like Wu voted with him. Sarah is locked up with him in Winners at War. So like he does build rapport with people, which is why it's so weird because he's so chaotic, but somehow he keeps trust with some people. Like Trish is loyal to him to the end, to the point where it's like, what did he do? How did he convince you that like, even though I didn't tell you, you still feel comfortable with me? Because Trish like, she kind of, I think she's more playing it up for Jeffra's sake. Like that's my read mm-hmm. on it when she's like, getting Tony to promise in the water, like, mm-hmm. won't go back. Like, I think she's more trying to play it up for Jeffrey's sake and make her feel heard than because she's actually upset with Tony. Because all of her other actions seem yeah. to care. She's on board with Tony. She's fine with, like, whatever Tony does. I think that Tony really also believes what he is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he truly, like... Even even in tribal, when Spencer made the point, like he this guy sworn on his entire family. He was like, "Tell me when I tell me when it wasn't true." Like he really, I buys what he's selling, and I think that's like we talked about this. I think last week of like the the key to a good lie is to have some kind of nugget of truth that you can latch onto to feel less guilty personally. I, God, he must have been such a such a like just think about tony as a teenager like his poor parents i don't know I, like i if i were to ever go on survivor and like for some reason they brought back tony as like a mixture of like fans versus favorites and i would see him and i'd be like no i cannot play with tony it would be chaotic chaotic energy like he would be the first person on my target to go home like just because I mean, like, I like him as a winner. I think he's a great winner, and I'm happy he won Winners at War as well. But, like, could you imagine living with that for 39 days and not knowing how to, like, not knowing what he's going to do next? Like, it has to be so chaotic on that island. Do you know something I think about a lot that we ha- I have never addressed <laughs> here? And, sorry, this is a huge spoiler alert, but so in in the very, very, very short season 40 after show live from Jeff's garage Tony says something like and I don't remember exactly what he says but he's like thank god I won this two million dollars because I made a lot of mistakes and bad real estate investments with the first million that I won so few so but like he basically like blew this million dollars I mean as he's sitting in like a mansion it looks like with his kids and wife <laughs> house house poor I guess right but <laughs> It, it yeah i think he probably is like a very chaotic person to live with i think it's it, god anyway i don't think yeah. it's just just on the beach that he, <laughs> he is this chaotic person i just want to say something about trish though why i think she's loyal to him that i was thinking i think trish is actually has a genuine sweetheart and wants to be liked and i feel like she got a bunch of shit from like Lindsay and people saying things about her appearance and like they just like saying some very rude comments to her. And I think that when they, there was the tribe swap, even when they were still on the brawn, but then the tribe swap, I feel like Tony was like, I got you Trish. And I think she feels protected by him. Yeah. I think he had her back. So I'm, you know, I would 100% believe that because I do think he is very good. I'm sure there's a genuine friendship there. Right. I think they even say that in the reunion of this season, like, no, we're friends. We're cool. Um, Because I think, Tony's chaotic, right? He talks in the reunion about, I didn't sleep. I don't sleep when I play Survivor. Like, I'm constantly thinking about what am I going to do next to get me to the end? 
which is chaotic AF, but like it works. Like it does. It gets him where he wants to be. And I think for him, the friendships are real, but he also realizes like it's steps to my end goal. And I think sometimes that's where Survivor can get frustrating to watch is people get very offended. I know, especially Mm -hmm. in the early seasons, it's very frustrating. And I'm just like, you guys know this is a game though, right? Like you signed up to play a game. And I think Tony's someone who does make genuine personal connections with people, which is why they trust him, which is why they like go to the map for him in a way that like doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense for people to go to the map for Tony. It doesn't, but people do because of his like ability to connect with them. It's, it's for sure weird. Let's, let's talk about the reward challenge. This is, this challenge is called rove, rove, rove your boat. Sure. I, is that, I don't understand. I don't understand. Is that a pun? I, I don't get what the this pun is. This challenge is chaotic. But, but why is it rove? Yeah, with a V. I don't, I don't even know rove was a word. Like, I, rove, rove slowly. It's a poorly executed pun. Okay, yeah. so this is, it's funny to have you guys on because on the Instagram live you did, which was a recent episode you had, we were talking by, by we, I mean, I was in the comments and we were talking about just our like disdain for Fiji, Fiji, Fiji. And I know we're not in Fiji, but something that I think when I said that you brought up was that you're like, yeah, they don't even like make custom sets anymore. It's all just like recycled. It's the same colors. And did you notice here in this challenge with the rowboats, the rowboats still had the original tribe names on them? And that was just sloppy to me. No, I didn't notice. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I don't think I noticed it here, but I do remember like there's a couple seasons where it's like, okay, we're going to split you into two tribes for rewards. And then like Jeff, instead of calling them orange tribe and purple, like whatever, like he calls them their original tribe names. And like, guys, we're not in two tribes anymore. It's Uh, just, it's just, it is sloppy. The, the challenge itself is basically two teams of four. They're going to race into the water, collect eight paddles, and then two people will use those paddles to solve a word puzzle. I thought it was really cute how the paddles had, like, little jackets so that you couldn't see the letters ahead of time. And then they had to, like, unzip the chance, <laughs> untie the, the jackets. I don't know why. I, I I guess I like when objects have clothing. I don't know. Um, I it. I thought it was cute. I agree. But so – Thank you. But so a a little fun fact, courtesy of the Survivor Wiki was, um, so coincidentally, all of the remaining original tribe members of each tribe's left in the game were on the teams that aligned with the boats, if that makes sense, right? So like Spencer, Tasha were on the purple team and then Cass was on the orange team. Um, Okay, so the winner of this puzzle... It's going to go to a beautiful natural landmark, the Plow Caves, and they're going to have a barbecue lunch with chicken ribs, potato salad, and chocolate chip cookies. Does anyone here stand potato salad? Because I hate it. I hate it. I like potato salad. A good potato. Okay. Do you love it? Yes. A good, a well-made potato salad where the potatoes are like the right amount of done. They're not undercooked. They're not overcooked mush. Or sometimes if the potatoes are like 
kind of almost even mashed up where if you looked at it it would kind of look more like mashed potatoes like red skin mashed potatoes but no i i, I do like potato salad this Sorry. is our Excuse this me. is our this is our third fight this is as offensive to me as when the chat was as when the reward is a wrap sandwich like it's just not gonna get me excited i think it's a just it was just offensive the way they were like touting it i don't know like it whatever we'll talk about more i also i don't love potato i don't like potato salad at all but the thought of eating potato salad and like the blazing sun of like that's not something that like i would consider refreshing and also warm potato salad from the kagi on heat no i i get where you're coming from because i I like the potato salad at the barbecue when it first comes out and it's cold. But then, yeah, if the, bar- if the potato salad is sitting in the sun for a little bit, no, I'm not going to eat it then unless I'm, like, pretty drunk. But I, I, if I thought it looked decent, I don't know. There were a couple of other sides there. I saw a big platter of coleslaw, and that didn't get a mention, but the potato salad did. It just, whatever. I don't know. We don't need to get into it. I also like coleslaw. I like coleslaw. I, I like coleslaw, too. It, again, if done correctly. I can't imagine it was done correctly in Kageon. I think you're right too. I think I think yeah. It's I just ooh, okay. I don't imagine like a southern mom creating them. Which is who you want making your coleslaw and your potato salad. I just I don't imagine that's who made it. So I would probably just steer clear. I'd also probably just eat the protein and be done. So the cookies the I mac- think I would eat. It's a barbecue yeah. with your mac and cheese. Like get a hold of yourself. Mm. Survivor. Do better. The orange team, we got Cass, Trish, Tony, and Wu. On uh, the purple team, we have Tasha, Trish, Spencer, and Jeremiah. Uh, this is, I don't know, this isn't super exciting. It is pretty neck and neck the whole way through with some some notable struggles. Jeffra had trouble getting onto the boat at first. Uh, at one point, like, Tony dropped a pa- – oh, I liked this part. At one point, Tony drops a paddle, and he had to jump in the water, and he tries to be like, just keep going, just keep going, and Jeff was like, no, you got to get in the boat, and I appreciated that because I feel like very seldom does Jeff enforce a rule. Yeah. Other than the attack zone in Thailand. No. <laughs> Been a while for me for that one. Uh. Yeah. I, I just feel like it, it's very, they're, they're very loosely defined, so I appreciate it. He's like, you need to be in the fucking boat, man. Um, but it's, it's really neck and neck and they like orange gets to the beach first, but purple's right behind them. Uh, this is where I noted that they had to untie the little paddle jackets. Uh, and okay. So Cass and Wu are going to solve the puzzle for orange and Spencer and Tasha are going to solve it for purple. This is, it's, this was kind of fun to watch. Oh, okay. This is what, I think this is why the, why I called out the rule thing, because, I'm so something about me is I am like such a stickler for rules, except for the ones that I don't agree with. But like, okay, I got really upset. I didn't get upset. I got really annoyed at how like Cass and Wu are on the puzzle. But to me, it seems like a team fucking effort. Like Tony and Trish were literally standing right behind them, like conferring with them. Did this annoy anybody else or just me? Well, I mean, I don't think maybe it doesn't matter because you can tag players in and out. But then why I say it's two people? I think they just mean it's, they're physically moving the paddles. Yeah. I feel like it's not like a defined rule. It happens a lot. Tony, I don't get why Tony doesn't just do the puzzle himself, though, because I feel like he does every time. 
But maybe because he wants to, like, stand farther back and think and not, like, physically have to do it. I don't know. Okay. That's... I mean, I feel like we see it a lot. So, like, I guess it doesn't bother me because we see it so often that, like, people are like, no, 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 that one goes there, this goes there, that goes there. And then it's just, like, two people actually moving the puzzle. I mm-hmm. I think that it's it's fresh in my mind because like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm currently watching some older seasons. I'm on Palau right now. And I feel like back in the day, old school, if you will, there's a lot more, um, like it's, it's much more rigid. Like if you are on the puzzle and you screw up, you come back to camp, you're like, sorry guys, I really blew that for us. Yeah. It's like, sense. I wouldn't necessarily fault Cass or I don't know. I mean, they're pretty hung up on the word I mean- fight. I think it also, too, comes from the fact that, like, I get frustrated more when, and I I get that it's a game, right? So, like, this is what you should do. But I get more frustrated when they see someone else, like, what they've got so far. And then, like, Spencer and Tasha were just like, oh, wait, it's not what they're saying it is. It's that. But the middle word's different. So then they win. Because they, like, are able to see kind of what's going on and then figure it out. I understand that that's, like, maybe the better way to play like i i'm totally on board with them in the game but it's kind of annoying to me because i'm like you didn't you didn't know it tasha and spencer you didn't know it you just like saw what they were doing because they were ahead like they probably would have won but they just like were too in their head and tony's telling them tony's like it's not fight because like where is the why going yeah and i noticed the p i was like worth fighting for tell me where the p is in that exactly like there's yeah. And that's, I think, I think then you get the too many cooks in a kitchen problem on some challenges, which gets really frustrating because you're like, you're never going to figure it out because you're all talking and you're all trying to do it, which causes like more chaos. I think that's, yeah. that can lose a puzzle pretty quickly for people is when everybody's trying to be a part of it. But yeah. I mean, we see that too in seasons. It's like, people are like, Everyone was shouting, telling everyone to do something different instead of one person or two people taking the lead. And I think mm-hmm. especially in tribal challenges, um, like pre-merge, we see that a lot. When they're like, no, we designated this one person to be the leader for this. And then we all were talking over that. And then we lost. And so I think like sometimes it could be helpful to have people standing back looking but if you have everybody who's standing back looking, yelling at you, then it doesn't work. You need to like pick good puzzle people and have them do the puzzle. And also yeah. like, like side by side side thing. Cause like I agree, like Tasha and Spencer did like look at theirs and like kind of get the hint, but they were smart enough to figure out that there's a P and a Y and there's no P and Y in fighting. Um so they were able to do it. And like I just don't like unless they put like a barricade between the two tribes so like you can't see anything there's just like no way of yeah i'm not against that. it it's yeah. just like it's kind of like spencer and Tyler, let's just acknowledge yeah i like, didn't you didn't know it. i mean they got the middle word yeah but so, like, like they've solved i think it was more because spencer it. is a survivor super fan and knows that most often the puzzles are things jeff says yeah. Right. And so what does it say? Purple solves it. It says worth playing for. Um, there was a really cute moment afterwards that uh, Jeremiah, during the, ch- the the challenge, the the rowing part, the roving part, he threw one of the paddles in the boat and like kind of bopped Jeffra a little bit. 
And when they're when they're celebrating, he goes, I'm sorry for headbutting you to Jeffra. And I thought oh, that was cute. Jeremiah's really grown on me. Like I could care less for him in the beginning until last week's episode. And then all of a sudden something a, a switch flipped for me and I was like He's hot. Not as a player, but just like as a as a sweet, adorable yeah. hot hot person. Um <laughs> but okay, so Tony is super nervous about the implications of Jeffra being alone with these people. I mean, he would be worried about, he would be nervous about anything, but he's especially nervous about this. He gets back to camp and uh, Cass, Tony, Wu and Trish are talking about it. And, and Cass is like, Tony is annoying, but in my opinion, it's better to keep the annoying people and get rid of the threats. But it's like, he is both. Well, that's the thing. That's when I was, no, earlier we were just talking about why aren't they acknowledging this like this is exactly what I was thinking of like okay yeah he's annoying but he is truly calling the shots and anyone can see that like people at this point in Survivor have respect for moves like he doesn't really care that Tony's personality is annoying they're still going to reward him if he makes it to the end so I don't know Cass is not being a brain in my opinion no that too is like Cass like girl you're kind of doing the same thing like everybody hates you you gotta bank on people respecting your moves not respecting your personality I just at some points think Cass doesn't view herself the way the edit slash the viewers view her like she very genuinely I think doesn't think she's as annoying as Tony regardless of whether or not it's true like to the viewer to the people around her is a different story but she genuinely doesn't think she's as as annoying as tony i mean i think i mean the tea is is i think her and tony did play a very similar game but i mean it could be people in the editor's room being like we're going to make the public love tony and we're going to make the public hate Cass." Mm -hmm. yeah it was definitely like part of that so like and then i think like part of that is the fact that like they're making Cass look delusional in that sense, even though if you think about it, she is doing the same exact thing that Tony was doing, but Tony is being played off as like the funny, crazy, lovable man and Cass being played off as like the villainous bitch woman. It's, it's very much two sides of the same coin or two sides of the same fire token, if you will. (laughs) Whereas on the other hand, completely different, you have Trish, who is also annoyed in this moment, but in a different way. She just doesn't want to talk strategy. She wants to find some papaya trees. And <laughs> to this, this, is, this yields just some wonderful moments. Because first of all, Tony's like, she doesn't understand how crucial this is. She says, okay. so he says, okay, fine. I'll go strategize by myself uh, to look for the idol. And he says, I'll be super Tony. And then it was just as he's walking off, he's kind of like ranting to himself. And he's like, papaya trees. Like, he just can't believe somebody would care so much about papayas. And honestly, same. This is where we spend, a, we're going to spend a, a decent chunk of time on the, these papaya trees. First of all, um, they Trish and Wu find them. Trish asks Wu to help because she's like, you can climb trees. And they, they they come across it and she's like, they look like Morgan's boobs. And Which is insulting. I mean, okay. I forgot what a papaya. I actually recently bought a papaya. They had them at Aldi. So I bought one and it was actually pretty good. But I wasn't thinking what it looked like. And I'm like, they look like this. So you know, no one can see what I'm doing. But 
That's not like a very flattering shape for a breast. So I think that's insulting. Did Ashley, did I bring this up? On la- I think I brought this up in last week's episodes. Like there, the, I think it was the Entertainment Weekly article for like a couple episodes ago when Morgan got voted out. The title of it was The Legend of Boobs McGee. And I just like did not appreciate it. Like yeah. there is a lot of fixation on, on Morgan's boobs this whole season. And I just don't feel like it's the first time that somebody with big boobs has been on Survivor. Yeah. It's it's just weird to me. It's like I, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I guess they don't think that. Maybe they just think that's the most memorable thing about her. Like maybe she didn't really do enough, but I feel like she had some moments. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to really. They're like, oh, we have like a big boob hottie. We're gonna try and sell that for as milk it as long as we can. And like, I mean, I think it's a- I, your your word choice. I, just say I know. Oh my God, ew. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's like a, it's an age old survivor trope going back. I mean, just season one, you know, like the um, what's her face, Colleen, Colleen, just being like America's sweetheart and like everything about her and the way she was represented was like her sexuality and how she was like willing to have sex in Bor- the jungles of Borneo with somebody, and like that's like how her entire plot line became that. And so it's like Survivor always picks like that one woman who we're going to sexually exploit for cash. And Morgan unfortunately yeah. was the target of that. She sure was. Okay. I could say more, but we gotta get to this papaya fall. So Wu climbs up the tree and he shakes the papayas till they fall to the ground. They get like seven papayas. And then oh my god, Wu falls and it is a big fall. I I don't know what else to say about this. He's he's like, I was trying to pull Sylvester Stallone and 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 like ha- like there's a, there's a, I've looked up the name of the movie. I'll f- I'll find it. But it it like he basically just falls on his butt and and Trish is like, oh my god, are you hurt? And he's like, I'm I'm cool, I'm cool. He, I would be so upset. I would be so annoyed that I like hurt myself to get Trish her damn papayas. He's so happy. Like, he is not even a little bit upset in this moment. It It's like... In his, like, cutoff where he's like, and I just went, and then I fell. I was like, whoop And then, whoop And I was like, oh my god. What is this man? <laughs> he just, like, has, like, a real surfer energy. Like, yo, bro, I broke my butt. But he didn't break his butt. He talks about how it's a Charlie horse, Nick. I'm saying, though, he's sad he broke his butt. Doesn't Trish say that? No, he says it. He's like, ow, I hurt my butt. Regardless, I just, like, can't get over his face. So, like, I don't even, like, I was just more like, oh, when Wu falls, that means he has to have a confessional about his fall, so. Yeah, the, uh, the the Sylvester Stallone movie, by the way, is called Cliffhanger. I was going to guess yeah. Cliffhanger. He, he's so happy. He goes, I'll break my ass for papaya any day. I just, I love, I love him. He's a really nice guy, but I don't know. I feel like he just does so many dumb things that I'm just like turned off by it. I mean, he's, I don't even know how to describe him. He's like the more likable, the more dumb version of Ozzy. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, is he good? I mean, because like, I just, Ozzy's just a pretty face to me and nothing more. And he's everything to Aggie. But, like, that's, like, how I would describe Wu. It's, like, 
that's his, that's the archetype he fills in the survivor world is the Ozzy archetype. But he's just like not as smart as Ozzy, even though Ozzy's not smart by any means, but he just doesn't bring as much to the table as Ozzy does. He's just like a pretty face who's good at challenges. It's okay. So and I, I wanted, I will talk about this at the end. I don't want to jump ahead, but uh, I, I'm fine with us all, all four of us here, like mocking him a little bit. But when Spencer does it in Tribal, I I just feel protective. I just it's it's just oh, it really upset me. I'll I'm gonna get a little bit of that out now, and I'll save it for later. I was gonna say what did Spencer say? I forget. We'll have to get. Oh, it. we can we can talk about it. I think Spencer's just he's pulling any card he can because he knows he's on the bottom. So he pulls any card he can to the point where he's a little mean. So we'll talk about it later. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. We, we get to the reward, and it's a nice cave. There's I don't really have that much to say about it. And this is I, – I always like to point out, like, the new school, old school differences. And, like, in an old school season, we would, like, linger on this cave for roughly 10 minutes. But here it's it's barely a, a – it's just – it's where they're having lunch. And there's a cute little bamboo table set up uh, with with that barbecue. The thing that caught my eye was that pitcher of iced tea. That looked good. You've been on a really big iced tea and lemonade kick, so that does I not know. surprise me. Uh, this is where I spy the coleslaw, but I don't know. That's any 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 food talk you guys want to have. <laughs> I mean, like it looked everything looked fine. It looks tasty for the most part. I didn't. It didn't like stick out to me as like, wow, this is a reward I would have really wanted to go on. There's like some. I want to go to Outback, right? There's like sometimes for these food rewards where I'm like, I would be pissed. <laughs> like I would. I. This. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, like, I don't know. I, like, I, I like a barbecue. I feel like it looks like pretty good. I also feel like you're starving in the jungle, so like you're going to you're going to eat whatever they give you. Yeah. Sometimes I think of like, oh, here's a nice pasta dinner. And I'm like, that pasta looks dry. The sauce has barely any and it's chunky filled with tomatoes and I would refuse to eat it. But then I'm like, well, I've been in the jungle for 25 days with no food. So I would probably eat it. By the way, apparently Jeffra found a clue to a hidden immunity idol in the cookie platter and then they all looked for it. But it was the one that Spencer had already found. Oh. oh. So yeah, it didn't interesting. They don't even bother showing it. I'm happy that they didn't. Yeah, it it it's not, it sounds like it's annoying that she would have even shared it with them. But whatever. This is where you know we we they start to kind of pitch Jeffra. They ask if she'll work with them, and she's like, "I need another another Wayne if I'm going to think about that Wayne or a rib, whatever." Rib. And then a rib. And then this is when uh their their cave tour guide slash server brings out the letters from home. Um, favorite. He, yeah. You guys may know I hate this kind of stuff, but. Same. <laughs> I get it and I get why I shouldn't hate it but I do they're all super emotional Jeffra's super emotional this was I thought yeah this this was really interesting because Jeffra's reading this letter from her mom and it says stuff like you know don't let your kind heart get in the way of you winning like don't be afraid to lie even though you're not that kind of person and Jeffra's like guys 
this must be a sign. This must be a sign. So they all shake on a final four. That happens. We see it. Will it stick? Um, should we in this moment vindicate Jeffra for not saying um, anything about ice cream ever in Tribal while she's eating a chocolate chip cookie? Do- yeah, so, so I'm sorry. So Laura, every time we go to Tribal, she's just waiting for Jeffra to say something stupid about how it would be better if there was ice cream. She's like, I remember some kind of quote. I think it was Jeffra. You know, where Jeff asks, what what would what would make camp better and if we had ice cream? But then by some chance, I'm just scrolling on our idle chatter um feed on Instagram and someone posted the moment that Laura is actually recalling, and it is Angie of season twenty-five, Philippines. And I guess at tribal Jeff said what would make things better. And she said, Um, if we had cookies. Which is a stupid thing to say. I feel like a dick for confusing just like two sweet blonde chicks. Um, I would like to apologize to Jeffrey Bland. It's fine. They're both whatever. <laughs> it was just funny because the reward was cookies. Is that the one who gets no. sick and quits? Um, stomach ache and she leaves. No, it's not her. That girl it has like the very short hair. The one who talks about the cookies like looks like identical to Jeffrey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She, she was a beauty queen too. She was like Miss Teen Utah or something. Apparently, like she might have had like a little thing with Malcolm. Like oh. not like for real, not for real, but like on the island. Like I think they were like flirtatious or I something. Uh, if Malcolm is ever on a Survivor up, with me, I'm not even worried about the million dollars. I'm leaving with Malcolm. Boat, if I stepped right? off the boat and I said Malcolm, that is all I would be like. Hi, sir. I know you're straight, but do you not want to be anymore? Because like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving with Malcolm. I'm leaving in a relationship with Malcolm. Like I'm not leaving with a million dollars, and that's okay with me. Is he like your ultimate Survivor hottie? I think so. Have you all? Have you ever looked at his uh, Twitter page? It is basically a shrine to Denise. His That's header sweet. is like just a compilation of like Denise being a badass. He live tweeted every episode of Winners at War being like, guys, look at my best friend kick ass. That's so like, sweet. This man can get it anytime, any place, anywhere. I will fly to him. But I also try to, Malcolm is my like number one ideal survivor man. But he's also, I believe, in a relationship. And I really try to not fully be only into ones that are, like, because Jeremy Collins is my the actual love of my life. But, like, he has a Mm. wife and four children. And, like, that's creepy and weird. Ozzy's single. So I can, like, I can stand behind my love of Ozzy, like, very strongly. Because I'm like, there's, like, a maybe possibility that me and Ozzy could get together one day. Yeah. Like, wow, she really loves me. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But, like, Malcolm is, like, maybe in a relationship. I don't know if they're still together. But they were the last time I checked. So I, it feels a little dirty sometimes when I'm in love with I know. Wait. And uh, you, you know who my other um, survivor love is? And I feel like I'm going to get a bunch of shit and, like, some, some laughter. And, like, look at Laura's face. I, like, really was very drawn to, to Nick Wilson. Oh, my God. Oh, the the Wait. Yes. Do, you, do you love him? I just yes. felt like he was versus i mean there's so many reasons i like david versus goliath so much but i was just drawn to him from day one that he was supposed to go home and because that guy got injured he didn't and then he like had to be vulnerable and like talk about his like family and it was hard for him 
and I don't know. I just I I really love him. And then he's one of those people you look at and you're like, is he attractive or not? I can't tell because some yeah. days I'm like, some days I'm like yes, and then other days I'm like, mm, but I love him. He's, I don't know. He's like he's what I like to call obtainably attractive. Obtainable. Ob- obtainable attractive. <laughs> Obtainably. My favorite thing that he ever said. It is now. Was like people were giving him so much shit after Winners at War because he like had put on a few pounds and he's like, picture this. You grow up poor your entire life and then you go on an island where you're food deprived and then you win a million dollars and you can (laughs) eat whatever you want. And then somebody calls you and is like, do you want to go on the beach in like a week? (laughs) Like it was just like so it was very relatable. He got progressively hotter the longer winners at war went on too who was it that rough and And he's like like, facial hair yes sir i i forget i forget who it was and it might have been a group of people it might have just been people in the reddit sphere but they they called him a vampire yeah and i took that personally because i have like vampire teeth too um but whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't matter okay i have a I have like a transition but it's gonna be really cheesy um so speaking of our love for nick and malcolm and ozzy let's talk about this immunity challenge which is called hard to handle (laughs) this one is much more straightforward um the castaways does any why do i always say castaways are they even ever referred to as that past like season one i don't think so the the pliers the pliers are gonna stand on these narrow balance beams while holding balancing a ball on like this handheld platform or pole and then at different intervals they are going to move down the beam where it gets narrower and narrower something i didn't realize at the beginning is not only do you have to move down the beam you also have to move your hand down the pole and mm-hmm. as soon as – and if it, your ball is on the pole and when it drops, you're done. As soon as it starts, it gets, like, real windy, which it's, like – I know that I know they started it on purpose when it got windy. I don't trust them at all. Anything they do, I'm like, they planned this. Mm-hmm. There's somebody with a fan. But, uh, oh. yeah, it's, this, is, this is pretty easy. There's uh, Jeffra drops, Trish drops, Tony drops, Cash drops. They step down to the next level. We have Wu, Tasha, Jeremiah, and Spencer. Um, Jeremiah drops, and I, I, you know, you know, we, I, I don't know if you ever hear us say this, but we always uh, credit you guys with a a, a Jeff needs a vibe check. And this Our one got me. This one got me when he says, "Jeremiah, Jeremiah's out. He will not know what immunity feels like." He's just <laughs> such a shady bitch. Like, right? He'd do well savage. in a drag show or at a gay club. Jeff would be a great drag queen. <laughs> in this essay, we will. Jeffra. The library is open and Jeff is fucking red. Jeff is reading bitches for Phil. Oh, man. Oh He's a special friend. But yeah, that, that one was aggressive. I was like, Jeff. Well, it's also like he does the same thing. He did the same thing in the reward challenge. He's like, oh, and purple is so far behind. They're never going to catch up now. I'm like, yeah, they're literally two steps behind. Will you calm your tits, bro? Right. <laughs> and so this is interesting because all the three people who remain, Wu, Tasha, and Spencer, have all they they have all one individual immunity. I think Jeff says something all sassy about like how they all know what it feels like. 
whatever. They move to the narrowest portion of the beam. Wu drops out. Spencer drops out and Tasha wins. And uh, you just love to see it. Yeah, Tasha's she's being good. Yeah. Wow. We love Tasha. We stand Tasha in this house. We love Tasha. There is nothing to dislike about Tasha. She's just like delightful. She's strong. She's good at challenges. She's a good strategist. Um, you guys should just rewatch Second Chances. I'll come back on the pod. Like that's okay. the next one you guys do. Just because like her and Spencer both like they really do make the best of their second chance, which I really appreciate. And so like at this point, I'm just fully team Spencer and Tasha. I love them so much. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely into the idea of very soon doing another returning player season because they're just my favorite. I love them. It's just, mm-hmm. I think they, they move at a faster pace, which is more exciting. You're already yeah. invested. You don't, they don't need to spend time to make you like the players anymore because you already like them. Yeah. Yeah. Second Chances has its own, has like some issues for me, but it's still a great season because it's all returners. Yeah. I, I really do like that one. And it's funny sometimes when they come back, it's like you don't you might like someone this time that you didn't like before because they're like familiar to you and you're like oh like that that's my boy and it's like wait i hated him before i don't say is is that is that the one where keith is there or is that game changers no Keith is in second chances oh okay well we have to do it next then i'm laughing at the idea of keith being a game changer (laughs) he couldn't he couldn't keith could never he changed the game for me, okay? Yeah, that's that is true. That Need is true. Tiger King, Joe Exotic. <laughs> well, Ashley thinks he thinks he uh, looks like what? It's a, a sea it's polyp a... from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, like when like Ursula a... turns King Triton into a sea polyp, and like he's in the crowd, and he has oh his little mustache. But I, I mean that in the nicest way possible. You're also not wrong. Yeah, yeah. right. You're not wrong. No, I can like I, I, the one you're. I just love him so much. We'll send you a pic later. We got a few things to cover before he gets a tribal. Jeffra mentions again that she just doesn't trust Tony. And she says that everybody in their, their alliance acts like he's Jesus or something. Mm-hmm. That one's funny to me because I have to imagine. I don't know why. Again, I feel like I am such an asshole this episode, but I, I feel like I just assume that Jeffra is a religious person. I don't know why. Uh, Tony. I think she is. I think she, I think she said something about it before. Okay. Yeah. Tony runs off and he goes, today, I'm not chopping wood. I'm not boiling water. I'm looking for an idol. Why do people just let him go? I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked because how long has it been since that super idol was announced? It was, you know, before Spencer found his idol. That was. It's been it's a been minute. A couple, it's been like at least 10 days, probably. Because it, I don't know. I think it was a couple episodes ago. So I'm just shocked that no one has found it yet. I think too. I mean, if I'm Spencer, I go back and forth with idols. Like, do you go and fake look for it, even though you have one? Mm-hmm. Do you stay at camp in an attempt to strategize? Like, what is your play? Like, I sometimes I go back and forth, but I think Tony's the only person who just is willing to risk all of it in an attempt to find an idol. Like, he's willing to risk literally anything because he... He also puts himself, I think, a lot of times in a position where he thinks he knows where the vote is going. He's talked to everyone. Because, again, like you said, he's constantly thinking about this game. He's always talking to people. He's always strategizing. Like, he strategized when they weren't at the reward, all this other stuff. He's like, I already know we're voting for Jeremiah because we think Spencer has the idol. So 
if they want to sit there and like nitpick and go back and forth, great. I'm going to go run and I'm going to try and figure out if I can find this other idol. And I don't know. I don't know why they let him do it. Well, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but this is where like this super idol felt pretty fucking hidden. Like, I don't think this could have been planted for Tony. And, but before we get there, just a quick side note, Jeffrey and Trish start to talk and, Jeffrey's kind of blowing up this like supposed blind side and Cass comes in. She's blowing it up even more. But meanwhile, Tony, he goes back and starts at the tree near the well. And he's, he's really just looking along the path for anything that looks like a landmark. He finds what he calls a rocket ship tree and he's digging around the stick. And it's like, I, this is one of those things where like, I don't think that could have been buried that thoroughly. I mean, maybe anything's possible, but right like do you guys like it definitely doesn't feel planted for tony i feel like this is an yeah. actual one where they like sent him or sorry they uh like it, it was buried in the same place the whole time like it wasn't like picked up and moved and it wasn't like you know moved for tony because he like he was fully digging in the ground yeah yeah i'm just surprised no one found it like is this tree is really funky looking like that no one had thought of it before yeah, but. but I also like Wu. Wu's not an idle guy because Wu's like I could probably win immunity, so he's not going yeah. out. There. Trish literally says I don't like to strategize, so why would she be looking for an idol? Spence already has one, which is like a sense of safety, kind of for him, Tasha and Jeremiah. So I don't know. I feel like it's just Tony's the only one who, at that point, because I feel like the other people who might have been looking were like LJ. And, like, potentially Morgan, because Morgan knew she was on the bottom. And, like, they're both yeah. now. So, it's, like, you kind of don't need to look for the super idol. Like, whoever's left, like, maybe Spencer and Tasha and um, Wu need, or and Jeremiah need to go looking for it. But I think if, with that final four-pack to Jeffra and knowing that they got the same clue for an idol, that it was really the one that Spencer found, like, maybe they really did think, like, Jeffra's on their team. So, they were, like, we yeah. need to go looking for this other special idol, like, Jeffra's on our team. He finds the idol. He fucking finds it. He kisses it. And he says, I love you so much, man. <laughs> uh, he reads this, the special superpower instructions. And it turns out that this idol can be played after the votes are read. And then he goes, all right, I got to go wash up. So we go back to the ocean where Trish and Jeff are still talking. And this is where, like, I thought Trish did. I don't know. It's like Trish is obviously like not a strategist, but she is a very good people person because Tony comes in and 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 she's like, "Listen, Tony, like every single one of us is paranoid about you because you're you're shady." And he's like, "Don't insult me, Trish." And she's like, "No, you like you're making everybody paranoid that you're playing double agent." This is when he swears on his entire family. But this is weird cuz why wouldn't everybody be like, "Where were you just now?" Like it's just yeah. so so they funny. just like, they don't question like really anything Tony does. And also like I'd like to point out that the special idol that special powers is just what an immunity idol used to be. Cause like Oh yeah. Immunity idols used to be that you played them after the votes were read. That's like mm-hmm. how you used to use them, and then it switched. And so, like, now, like, this special power one, which we all find out at the reunion, Tyler Perry created. I'm using air quotes. Um, I'm like, you didn't create it. This is truly just what a hidden immunity idol was for the first 20, or for, like, the first 10, however many seasons 
they were there. Wasn't it? I'm trying to think when it switched because I remember specifically Yule Yule had one, and that was. I think it switched at Exile Island slash Fiji. I don't think Maybe so. I think you I definitely remember Yule had the idol because every week Yule and that that was thirteen, right? Exile Island season thirteen. Exile Yule, Island I, is twelve. Could Yule play it after the votes? Oh, oh. Yule could play it after the votes. Yule could play it after the votes. I think it switches in Fiji with Yao Man and Earl. Maybe that. Yeah. But like it switches. Maybe at, China. Yeah, it switches at some point. Oh, yeah. it switches in China because James, James goes home with two. Mm-hmm. It switches in China. Or like around there, and I'm like, so they're like they're making a big deal about the special powers with this idol. I'm like, guys, it's truly just what the old idols. It's fine. That's a very good point. I for, I mean, I didn't forget about it, but I didn't really think about like this is just the it was first only like, yeah, of an idol. It's like maybe four when they were yeah. the first introduced. Yeah. Well, they realized because that really is like I remember just every week like yeah you'll won and that's great and stuff, but every single week he did have he always knew he was safe because he had that yeah so he could have I, I feel like that really changes the way you navigate the game so basically tony is going to be emboldened by this because he can truly do whatever the fuck yeah. he wants going forward until he has to use it yeah i think that's i think i mean again you guys are not at the reunion yet but like Tyler Berry, when he's talking about this idol, he's like, everyone was mad that, you know, Tony found it because it's like, now Tony feels even more secure because now he doesn't even have to know if the vote's coming his way. He Mm -hmm. can literally just play it, which is so fucking frustrating. It's like, come on. Like, it really is. Because, like, even though you like Tony, you're just like, Jesus, of course you found this. Mm -hmm. Of course you did. I, for, I forgot all about the Tyler Perry of it all. I can't wait to get there. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So a couple other things. Cass says that she thinks Spencer has the idol, which like, good on you, Cass. You're right. Um, Jeffra tells Jeremiah she won't be voting with him. It's just like a weird moment. Like, I don't, I like don't even really want to spend time on it. Like, it's just like, Jeffra, this is stupid. Why did she feel the need to say something? I couldn't tell Out of, you. like, the goodness of her heart. I think it's literally, like, she would have felt guilty. So she had to tell him that she was voting with him. It is annoying. But I, I would expect nothing less. It's just, like, girl, trust your gut. You have literally, this entire episode, we're getting this edit of you saying how Tony is so untrustworthy and you can't believe anything Tony says and all this stuff. <laughs> and then when you finally have the opportunity to do something about it, you say no. And you're like, never mind, I'm going to bite my tongue on everything that I ever said. And it's like, girl, come yeah. on. <laughs> I love I love this next moment. Jeremiah, Spencer, and Tasha are, are sitting in the water together. And I didn't know, I didn't realize this was a secret, but Jeremiah is He's like, I'm going to admit something to you guys. I'm a fashion model. <laughs> and Tasha goes, I was dying. So funny. Tasha's like, no wonder you're so hot. And I was just like, LOL, Tasha. Um, and he's like, yeah, Google me, Jeremiah Wood, model. <laughs> and I think, well, Spencer really like captured it because Spencer is just like, you know, I'm not surprised that Jeremiah would think it's a big deal that he's a fashion model. Like, that's so typical of the beauty tribe. Like, and that, I don't know. I feel like so, I feel like I know some people in my life that I mean, okay, and Laura, I'm not talking about the person we that you're going to think I'm talking about. But like, I know people that are 
models. But I don't even think I would really give a shit if I met someone and they're like, yeah, I walked on the runway for such and such. I like don't think I would be impressed or really give a shit. So I just think it's so funny. Jeremiah is like, I need to confess I'm a model. Like, I don't know. Yeah, to me, I felt like it was a lame confession. And Spencer really was just like, he was like, Jeremiah would think that would be a secret. It's not. Like, also, like, Jeremiah is a 10. If you didn't immediately think to yourself, like, maybe he models, like. Yeah. Well, and then I love how Spencer's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm about to blow your damn mind. Guess what, guys? <laughs> and Jeremiah's like, you have the idol. And I, this is. Okay, we were talking about before about like the second chance as a returning player. It's, it's my whole thing. This has been a real journey for me with Spencer this season because I went into this being like, I love Spencer. And then every early episode, I was like, why did I think that he's so cocky and annoying? And I think it's because I liked I liked him in second chances and I like him now. But in, but when Jeremiah says you have the idol, he goes, she goes, and it's like no one else is fucking around you like and you brought it up so like don't act like it, whatever I, I just like I don't know I didn't I, didn't I definitely it. like Spencer because of second chances like right I remember him fondly because of how personally he takes the way that he's received in Kagiyan. like he's like oh my god I didn't realize I was being such a prick I, yeah. I honestly didn't realize and so in second chances he actively tries to like make relationships with people he's like I only had a relationship with Tasha I didn't, I didn't make relationships with really anybody else. My first season, if anything, I just, I just burned bridges left and right because I was like, that's how I'm going to win this game. And um, yeah, in second chances, he has this like beautiful, in my opinion, beautiful like narrative where he just like really realizes like, even if I don't win, I want to come away with something else. It's very Ian in Palau, which I know, Lara, you're watching currently. It's very Ian mm-hmm. in Palau where he's like, okay, I'm not going to win the million dollars, but I want to like, be a good person um but Kagi on Spencer's definitely like he comes in because he's watched so many seasons he loves the show like he just thinks he knows what he's gonna do and um and then that plan is foil because his brain tribe is terrible and like he has to play from the bottom which I think is never something he saw for himself he didn't see that as a potential for himself he was like I'm gonna run this game and then he couldn't run the game literally was always a tribal yeah I feel like I've liked Spencer for like since I mean, I, I like Spencer and Kageyan, too. Like, I don't care that he's kind of, like, a pretentious dick. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. There's just something about him that's lovable and likable. Um, but I think it's also, like, every single plan that he ever had going was shot down immediately before it could even start. And I think yeah. it, was, it was just, like, every time that happens, he just, like, gets a little bit more pissed off and it digs deeper into his soul and, like, it makes him angry. And I think truly, like, the straw that broke his back that turned him into like being really like pretentious and that we kind of saw in this episode was like when Cass really turned on them after like swearing up and down that she was with them for so long and then she was like JK I'm gonna switch over to the numbers and stuff and I've been like at that point he was like you know what like fuck it I'm just gonna be a dick I'm just gonna be rude like I'm gonna do and I truly think in his mind he's like everybody else is doing it why can't I do it yeah to see that quick quick side note they they decide to vote for woo that's their plan going to the tribal i have one comment which is that i'm sorry lj is not hot to me i just it I, he's hot with a hat on yeah that's yeah. what I, yeah, yeah. and then hair. on the jury you're like just kidding nope yep put it, put it back until on. then you're like oh lj is so cute and then he comes to tribal and you're like 
nope. It's a shame. It's weird. It's an okay tribal for me. Uh, you know, Spencer says that the three are still on the outside, and Jeff makes a comment about how Jeffra is very impressionable, and you know, Trisha's like, it's not just Jeffra. Like the three of us didn't know about last week's blindside, and um, Jeffra it kind of explains where she's at, which is she feels more comfortable being potentially blindsided by her original alliance than being in the final with Spencer or Tasha because they would beat her and sense a little bit i feel like it's like the the devil you know i guess um yeah Yeah, it's just like you're not gonna make the end jeffra with the other group you could potentially go to final four with jeremiah tasha and spencer yeah you're not going to final four with tony Wu, trish and cass you're you're not gonna be in the final four on that side it's all yeah Jeffra, like you, you're not gonna win no matter what side you go yeah. on. You're not. So, like, which one is going to get you closer? Which one's gonna make you the more most money by yeah. staying? Like, which one would you potentially be a runner up to? Yeah. At that point, Jeffra, own your game, girlfriend. You're, also, you're playing like, for runner up. Also, like, girl, like, if you did switch over, that's a move that builds your resume and lets you have more of a chance against Spencer Pasha. You know, so like. We get some really good Spencer sound bites. This is where he says, uh, you know, Tony has sworn on his entire family. Just saying. I did like that Spencer caveated because then Tony comes back a little and, um, you know, he caveats it. And he's like, look, I'm not look, I'm not shaming you for for making promises. Like, I don't mind that game at all. I'm just saying it for you guys. And then Spencer says, this is like so I thought this was genius. Spencer says, I'll put it this way. If, and he's talking to, you know, that that strong five. He says, I'll put it this way. If any of you guys and Tony go to the vinyl, he has my vote because he's controlled this game. And Natasha's like, me too. And yeah. then it was just it was it was really it was really genius. Uh, he kind of continues to paint the, the picture of Tony being shady. And Trish says, no, no, no. We talked to him and he's going to cut the crap. This is why it makes me so mad that like Wu was told this like he had all of the facts he had all of the information if you bring tony to the end he gets my vote and like okay yeah maybe spencer could be lying but he's not yeah i think i'm sure you guys will talk about this when you get to final two but i think Wu reminds me a lot of coach in that he's very much like and i think i say this in i see it where he's like I want to beat the best. Like I'm a warrior. I'm going to beat the best. And it's like, yeah, but you might not actually beat the best. Yeah. Like, that's like literally like not going to work. Um, Cause like coach was all about his warrior Alliance and token chains and like taking the strong to the end. Cause the strong never make it to the end. And I think Wu is of the same cloth. I think Wu is yeah. a more likable, less loony. And I say that with love coach, you know, I love you. You know, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> um, but I think, He's like the less, I think in our episode, even I'm like, do we think it's because they both like live by this code of like jujitsu or martial arts or whatever it is, where it's like, you are honored by the fact that you can beat the best, not just win. Like it's all about the honor and the like steps that you take to really prove that you are the best person for the win. Um, And I think sometimes that can hold some of these players back who kind of go by that code of like, I want to win against the best player. And it's like, yeah, but you're not going to necessarily win because you took them there. Like, 
not everyone. I just can't wrap my head around it. I, I personally could never, would never do that or think that. So I think maybe that's why I don't understand Lou. To a, to a survivor fan, it doesn't make sense. To yeah. someone who lives their life by a code of like, in order to earn everything I t- do, I have to do it through, like, it has to be difficult, basically. Like, I need to earn my thing. Like, I need to earn what I've done. I can see why he does it. Does it make sense for a winning strategy? No. Does it make sense yeah. for his personality? Yes. 100%. Right. We we get so then then Jeff tries to get into you know who's who's voting for who, and Wu um, says well we think that Spencer might have the hidden immunity idol and this is where you know Spencer and Jeremiah kind of make their cases for themselves uh, you know Jeremiah says Spencer is one of the biggest threats out here and J- Spencer says of Jeremiah that he's one of the most likable guys out here and it's yeah, I, I think this is like you know just to, to Spencer's credit this does seem a little bit like a genuine friendship to me uh, I think he does really like Jeremiah uh, Tony once again brings out his bag of tricks and Spencer's like haha I don't think you have anything just just like oh Spencer oh. Mm-hmm. let's get to let's get to the vote this is uh, there because there's two things I love in this vote uh, well no two things that one thing I love, one thing that I passionately hate is I got confused because it's the same as it's passionate. Um, I didn't appreciate Spencer mocking Wu um, because he said he writes his name down and in his, uh, you know, voting confessional, he says like, whoa, bro, such a bummer. And it was just like, fuck up. Like, I don't know. I just don't. I I don't know. I feel like I used to be the kind of person that would like mock people for like their happiness. And then like once I became less miserable, people would like mock. Okay, you know, this is why this is why it's done. It's like one time I had an old coworker in a meeting that I wasn't in say that I talked like a valley girl. And then like my friend told me about it and it hurt my feelings. And I was just like, yeah, he talks like a surfer, bro. But like, I it just it just made me sad. I don't I don't I can't explain what it is about Wu. It's like I don't know if it's like the hormones coursing through my body. I don't know like if like I don't I can't explain it. I, think I don't think the I don't, feel, I, mean, I don't think the old me would have. Yeah, I just okay. I feel like I don't think of Wu. I'm like he's nice, he's fine. But I think that your passion for him makes me like feel underwhelmed by him because I'm like. It makes me actually look at him and not understand. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have thought either way. I think I can't Wu, explain Wu, it. Like Wu is such an innocent, where like he doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't do anything that would make you not like him. And so when somebody's mean to him, it's kind of like, how dare you kick this little bunny? Mm. And I think that's like what it is. My thing with Spencer and like his mocking of it, like I don't care. I like that's why I watch reality TV. I'm like, give me the drama, give me like the bitchiness. That's what yeah. I watch and I love it. But I think also when we we talked with Missy um, from season 39 and she's like, there, people are going to find your complete opposite and put you on the island with them to create drama. That's what the producers are going to do. And I think it came down to the fact that like us watching Wu is funny because we're watching it through a TV. I'm like living with him for all this time and that's all you hear him say ever is like, whoa, bro. Like that has yeah. to get written ridiculous and so like i kind of give it i kind of get spent in the past of being like i see where you're coming from there it has to be you have to be at your breaking point it's it's very fair 
I always find it annoying just in general when people, and I say this loving Wendell Holland with my whole soul, but Wendell was king of like. Oh, sorry. Talk about our survivor, like hottie crush. Yeah, he should have been on the list oh, yeah. earlier. I, I should have brought him up. He's 10 out of 10. I get, I get embarrassed to bring it up because I th- I like have this, because like we, I, I live, I'm in like the Philly suburbs. He's in, I like, I have this so like, like, I really, like he could, you could see him out. In the we're world. kind of in the same like design space. Again, in my fantasy, like I, I, I really think we could be like really good friends. Anyway, sorry. Same. Um, I so I feel want to marry him, but it's okay. It's, it's I feel weird. Obje- I feel weird objectifying him because I'm like it's gonna be awkward when we're friends. Anyway, go ahead. It's gonna be awkward when he and I end up married, and he has to like realize like, oh no, this is creepy and weird. You were obsessed with me. It's fine. <laughs> um, but he is king of like saying some sassy remarks in his like I'm voting you out moments. And for me, when that person doesn't go home, it's like cringe, right? Like mm. Wu didn't go home. So we just made fun of Wu. And now you have to go back to camp with Wu. Like you just mm-hmm. made fun of him and he didn't go home. So Wendell, it was less embarrassing because the all always who he voted for went home. So it wasn't as like upsetting. But I always like, I feel secondhand embarrassment for the, yeah. for the people who like, are yelling or making fun of the person they're voting for. And then that person doesn't go home. Like, it's just exactly for them. Like, even if they don't have to have a conversation with that person about what they said, it's just like, you did that. We know, we know it's there. All the viewers know for you. Like I'm uncomfortable. Okay. So we get to, we, everybody votes and then Spencer plays his idol and says, (laughs) you can steal as many clues as you want. Woo. I got the real thing. (laughs) And then, Oh my God. And Tony's, Tony says, he says to Jeff, he goes, I don't know if I can even read this. I don't even know if I can read it. It's special. (laughs) He says, You have the quote. Yeah. Do you see the inexperience of the young lad? He was going to give his idol to Jeremy. And Morgan on the jury goes, Who's Jeremy? Oh my god! It was so funny. Morgan does all season. I was like, peeing my pants laughing. I was like, that's iconic. Just like, who's Jeremy? Like the jury's not allowed to speak, but that one she couldn't keep inside. She's like, who's Jeremy? And like nobody says the Jeremiah doesn't say anything. Like nobody says his name's Jeremiah. Like you just like let Tony think that he's. I think that's my thing with Tony is Tony thinks that he's always in charge and always the smartest person in the room. When in reality, he's like one of the dumbest people in the room. Like, yeah, it's so much fun to watch. Is like, you are not the smartest person here, but for some reason, you think you are. I'm crack. It's so funny to me because <laughs> he's been with these people for like 26, 27 days at this point. <laughs> you know, Jeremiah's name is Jeremiah, you know, it's Jeremiah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you, hey, you—if you mix up LJ and Jeremiah as we did for a really long time, that's okay. But at least we knew their names were LJ and Jeremiah, not mm-hmm. Jeremy. Oh. We get, we get to, we get to the vote, and we got woo, 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 Jeremiah, Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah, spelled with a G. <laughs> Who wrote that one? I don't know. I'll have, have to, to look it up. up. Yeah, and then uh, two more Jeremiah's, and Jeremy is gonna go home. So poor Jeremy. It, this was it was funny. It was Tony didn't have to use that idol. 
But oh my. And Spencer, they flush they flush Spencer's idol too. Um, I don't really fault him for not playing for for playing it because I think yeah, it could have no. it could have gone either way. Uh, yeah, my thing I wrote in my notes I was just like Spencer, they you knew they kind of thought you had an idol because you guys were all looking at the same time, like yeah. Again, it's a gamble either way. Like because Spencer would have gone home if he hadn't played it for himself, and they had happened to vote him. But for me, sometimes yeah. I'm like I just feel like sometimes they try to flush it. And I just feel like I, I kind of expected more of Spencer that moment to be like, maybe they play, maybe they're voting Jeremiah because they know I have an idol. I feel like the worst thing, though, is the fear of going home with an idol in your pocket or yeah. like, you know, two if you're James. But like, I feel like that's like so terrible. People I mean, are I like, I don't want to play it. also the fear of like, okay, I'm going to play it for Jeremiah and then I'm going to get the votes to go home. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I understand like Spencer maybe should have thought a little bit more because like they're all like, oh, he has it. But also, I don't have confidence in myself to say that I would have been able to do that because like yeah. in my mind I'd be like there's like what if I play it for him and then I go home like that's even worse does anyone have any stray thoughts on this episode I we covered a lot we covered a ton we didn't yeah. talk a lot about the spy shack but I just I it's important to note that Tony does this I do love that he has many iterations Stephen Fishback has a really funny quote in one of his I think it may be his EW questionnaire where he's like I can't wait for season 48 or 58 where Tony's building a sky, a spy satellite. Like <laughs> just Tony can't be stopped in that way. And I think it's one of those ways where you're kind of like, yeah, like Tony just, he thinks he's just, he thinks he's hot shit, which he's not necessarily wrong. Um, but it just like the spy shack to me, was just so funny. I am so glad we had the first ever spy. Yeah. Shack. Um, I didn't realize it happened this late in the season. Like I, when I think of Tony, I think of his spy bunker and yeah. shack and all of those things. And the fact that he doesn't do it till episode nine is kind of hilarious to me that it takes him that long to come up with this like idea to be like kind of sneaky and like use his cop to his benefit. Mm. And it, the fact that it always works out is like a little bit shady. Yeah. He's just that good. Maybe. I don't know. He always does it by the water well. So, like, why aren't you guys assuming Tony's at the water well listening to you? Well, it doesn't work out for him in Game Changers. But that's because he decides to do it underground, which is, like, just, like, not the right call. Like, Uh, if you're under the ground, that's going to be pretty obvious. Also, can you breathe down there? Hi, Tony. Are you good? Oh, my God. Nick, any any stray thoughts from you? Um, No, I think we, we covered most of it. I truly love this season. And this is just... This is a good episode of this season, but then I would be shocked if we found an episode of the season that wasn't good, because Kaguya is overall a great season. One thing I'll mention is that apparently on, this is a deleted scene, on day 26, Jeremiah was talking to Tasha about how he's been suffering from terrible back aches, so all to say, like, it kind of worked out for the best. (laughs) Yeah, he gets to go to get a massage. It was to the point that he was like, I don't want to be med- medically uh, evacuated from the game. So, okay. You're, you, you weren't. Poor Jeremiah. Poor Jeremy. Jeremy. Hey, guys. It's Laura. Uh, I got some feedback from our last episode that when I recorded from the future, the music was, uh, it scared some people. So I, I, I attempted a softer approach this time, but my message for you today, I know it's not an ad, 
is we spent we went a little too overboard with our timeline talking to Nick and Aggie about our survivor hotties and whatnot. So what what's gonna happen is Ashley and I are gonna do scuttlebutt alone and then you're gonna hear them rejoin us for luxury items at the very end of this episode. Just a little editing magic. I just didn't want you guys to be like, did you just not let them talk for 10, 15 minutes? No. All good. Um, <laughs> we can get back to the episode now. I hope this wasn't too awkward. So, real quick, I want to do some Survivor scuttlebutt. I have one main topic at hand, and that is, I'm pretty sure that you've heard this, but have you heard about Season 42? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I saw that article where they said that it might be delayed. Yeah. Because, like, the COVID situation. I think there was some kind of ban it was supposed to be lifted in May or something, but now it might not be. So it's like the season 41 castaways are not going to be able to leave. And then the season 42 ones might not be able to get there, which like, come on. Yeah. And it's, I don't know though. I'm kind of okay with it. Cause I like the idea that we'll have a season 41 and then I'm sorry. I love watching old seasons. So I was like, I don't totally well, mind. But also the thing about it, too, is, I mean, who knows when the restrictions are going to be lifted and what that can mean? Because, yeah, normally they film them back to back, but maybe they could still finagle something to film it before the spring when season 42 would air. I mean, I'm assuming it's like Survivor 41's for the fall schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I have to I have to believe that. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it is a bummer to hear. But, yeah, I mean, also there are so many old seasons that we need to talk about, like. I like I kind of want to watch Palau now. I'm watching like, Palau right now. That's do you want to get it? Do you want to get into luxury items because that's one of mine? Yeah, we I I've scuttlebutt this week though. Okay, okay, share it. Okay, so it's not a big deal so far. Like I don't know if anything has come of it yet. Um, unless some unless there's been some kind of follow up I missed. But the other day, I was looking at Zeke's um Instagram story and he said. It was just like a poll, like, oh, if um, Fat Carrie Bradshaw and I did a Real Housewives podcast, would you listen to it? And I was like, fuck yeah, I would listen to it because I love Zeke. I think Fat Carrie Bradshaw is hilarious and I love the Real Housewives. So I don't know, something on the horizon. I hope that comes to fruition. He said something about it on Twitter and I responded and I said something that I thought was funny, not to toot my own horn. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like... I will rate it five stars without even having to be asked. Yeah. So that, um, that would be exciting. That'd be really good. That'd be really good. Oh, also, it was Michelle Fitzgerald's birthday. Happy just, birthday, uh, Queen. Yeah, I have to say HBD to the Queen. Love her so much. Well, let's get into a segment that we like to call luxury items. This is where we invite people to share what they're enjoying outside or inside a survivor. If you happen to be watching something older, um, what have you guys been enjoying this past week or two? You can go first. Well, I don't want to steal Nick, so I'll pick something else. Um, oh, I don't think I'm doing anything. Oh, okay. Well, if you are – well, it's kind of like a plug at the same time. But we're watching RuPaul's Drag Race Australia or RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. I'm sorry. Don't mean to, like, other the New Zealanders. They are also there. Um, and that's been super fun. It's also – it's just, like, fun to watch something in real time. Um, which like just one episode at a time, like Jeff, give me a release date for when we're starting Survivor <laughs> season 41. Like I'm, right. I'm over this, like 
coy, like we're filming, but you don't get any more information, Jeffrey, like it's enough. Um, but that's been really fun to watch like in real time. Um, and then I've also been rereading to all the boys I've loved before because Nick and I did not watch the third movie yet. We watched one and two, which I don't know if you guys love these movies. I loved number one. I thought number two was a weird choice. So I was very wary of number three. So I was like, I need to reread the books to remember like what happens because I also didn't remember Peter K like saying he was waiting for Jen in the hot tub, which by the way, in the book, it does not say he was waiting for Jen. It just says that Jen was also there. So like Laura Jean is like, so could you have maybe gotten back together with Jen instead of with me? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, that's not the same thing as saying you were waiting for Jen at movie producers of To All the Boys I've Loved Before 2. I think that's rude. And I think you made Peter Kavinsky come off worse. But anyway. So I'm rereading them and then I'm going to force Nick to watch all three of them again. It's funny that that, in my mind, Peter can just do no wrong. wrong. It was not even a blip on my radar. I was just like, it's fine. Well, I will say when I read the books after I watched the first movie, I went went all three of the books. So I love Peter Kavinsky and I will say I was fuming at the continuity error of them showing, um, John Am, what's his name? John Ambrose. Yeah, at the end the of the first movie, and-, and then the casting of someone else. I got really fired up. I don't know. It made me really mad, but I actually really liked John Ambrose in this. That's because Jordan me. Fisher is a godsend. I don't know how he found him. I Nick and I saw him in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. As okay, I'm. I've been obsessed with Jordan Fisher for a very long time. He he could be my luxury item every week. Yeah. I love him. I love his like old music before he was really famous. Like he was in Teen Beach movie. Like I could tell you everything he's ever done. I'm absolutely obsessed with Jordan Fisher. I think he's an absolute delight and joy. And um, I just like for me, I was just like he's a perfect John Ambrose. But like if you read the books, he's a white guy with blonde hair. So first off, the original casting didn't match the book. The new casting didn't match the book. But Jordan Fisher can do no wrong. And I was like, I yeah. want to be with John Ambrose. This is awkward. Like. And I love Noah Centineo and I love him as Peter Kavinsky. And I was like, I want John Ambrose. Cause it's true. Yeah. I was, I, I was very surprised how strongly I liked John Ambrose in the second movie, but oh. yeah, the third one's really good. I'm excited for you. I know I haven't watched watch it. it. We've left it. We were going to watch it. We watched all the other ones together. And then we just like, it never came to fruition in February of 2020. Shocking. Why that happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did it only come out I had, or 2021? Was it 2021? Yeah. Yeah, the, the no, number no, number two came out in 2020. And so, like, we watched that. And then 2021, I was just like, I need to reread the books. I'm not – I can't enter this again with the hurt in my heart about him maybe being on Team Jen other than Team Large. You know, I was like, I need to know for sure. Can, yeah. Can I say something that I don't think is going to be a spoiler, but, it, like, it's, it's okay, not. It's just, like, like, I've read I, the okay. books. Yeah, I also don't care that much. Okay, I've read the book. So, I don't know where it's going. Do you ever just like have a, f- a favorite line of a book that stands out in your head for like no reason at all? Yes. My favorite line, two. my fa- favorite line from book from the third book was when Lara Jean is talking to I forgot her name, like essentially her stepmom, and she's like, "Oh, but like my mom always said, like don't go to college with a boyfriend." And the stepmom Trina, that's her name, Trina, is like. But to be fair, your mom didn't know Peter Kavinsky. Like, she didn't have all the facts. 
and I don't know why I just lo- I just loved it like because it was like everybody understands and that that one single sentence did not end up in the movie and it, I rude that's honestly rude that's no funny. I broke my ankle in 2018 um and I had to have two surgeries and I had to live at a hotel for a while. it was like a whole mess if we want to talk about that like another time it was a whole mess um but nothing I was like inconsolable in ways like I was definitely depressed but it was just like horrifying I'm never someone who's broken a bone it was so bad I had to have these two like horrific surgeries I like teach fitness so I couldn't do that like I just felt like absolute shit and the only thing that brought me like true joy was to all the boys I've loved before the movie. Like I would literally sit in my bed with my headphones on. My mom was like, my mom came to New York and was like staying with me at this hotel. I would like straight up ignore her. She'd be watching Lifetime movies. And I would literally watch that movie on repeat. Like I would get to the end scene at the lacrosse field and I'd be like, start again. And I'd be like, that's psychotic. That's no, that's you're unwell, but it's so good. Like I actually think the first one stands alone, like pretty perfectly. I'm like, if you hadn't done the two sequels, we would have been fine. Like we could just li- they we could just live in number one. I'm I, not I much of a movie book either. I watched that. I watched that movie ra- just on a random day. It'll be All like time. watch it again on Netflix, and I'll be like, "Fuck yeah, Netflix! I will watch it again." Like, and hit play. you, like, you I, understand what I wanted, Netflix? I didn't need to watch something else. This I'll watch yeah. it again. It's no, it's, it's a comfort really movie for me, and it's so yeah. like normally my comfort movies are things I watched growing up, like Sound of Music or something. This one, it will never not be a comfort movie for me. It will never not give me like a sense of calm and joy in a way that's just like indescribable. Absolutely. I just went off about that. I know. No, sense now if you're girl. listening, like hit a girl. Hit girl, hit a girl. No. Nick, what about you? Um, I mean, I have a couple. Like this, um, of course, Drag Race Down Under. I love anything Drag Race. So like having something brand new to binge. Fuck it up, oh. yes. Where can we watch that? Um, so you can watch it on Wow Presents Plus. Um, it's like five dollars a month, I think. Okay. It's like pretty cheap, but also like you can probably Google free Tumblr links. Yes. Like Yeah. We also go link. through the episode pretty aggressively in our brew yeah. caps if you would like to just listen but, to us talk about it. You'd yeah. you'd know what happens and you could Google the looks. Like so, it would be the same thing. Drag race on under hard for sure. Um I also this week recently started rewatching all of Will and Grace from the very beginning. Oh, and like, nice. I forget how perfect that show is. And like for the times, how fucking crazy it was. Like mm-hmm. to have like two gay men as leading characters. And like they make like jokes that I'm listening. I'm like, this aired in the 90s. Like they mm-hmm. called God she three times in this first season. Like, Jack wow. refers to God as, like, oh, she's pissed at me all the time. And I'm, like, that must have made so many people angry. But, like, you went on for eight seasons and then also got a reboot, like, down the line. Like, people love this show. And so watching it now, I'm, like, go off. It could, like, have some diversity things because, like, definitely it's all white people. But, like, you know what? I, I'll give it a pass because of the 90s aspect of it. Um, but then also I've been reading this gay book. And it's called Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And I found my perfect genre of books because I have never been an avid book reader. Because why watch some or why read something when you can watch it on TV? Um, But my favorite genre of books, I was like, YA turning into adult, like that, like middle ground before you actually Uh have like adult books. 
um, gay romances. And this one is just like so good and it's so cheesy and I love it so much. And like the characters are like finally like falling in love and I'm just like reading it like this is perfection. When is my British boyfriend going to protect me from the paparazzi? British? Wait, did you read Red, White, and Royal Blue? Oh my god. It is the world's greatest book. Red, White, and Royal Blue. I read that book like three times. I loved it so much. So when I like this one. Ashley, can I borrow it? Oh my gosh. Um, I took it from the library. It's so good. And like that spawned it so now like i like on tiktok i don't know if you y'all are on tiktok but there's like mm-hmm. book talk there's like different versions of tiktok that like can be on your for you page and i'm on gay book talk and i bought like oh. four books based off of tiktok just because they're like this book is gay and it slaps and if you liked red right and royal blue you're gonna love this one and that's how i found the book that i'm currently on boyfriend material and i'm like yes this spot on tiktok spot on recommendation it is everything i love that i love that so much i'm a huge like reading advocate um it's like one of my favorite soapboxes to stand on and when people are like i'm not a reader i'm like you just haven't found the thing that you like yet like you're just just haven't found a good book to read you just haven't found the thing that's gonna make you like not be able to put it down my thing with like books is like growing up i was always forced to read so i think i formed this resentment towards it Mm. i was like i don't want to read because everyone my entire life told me i had to but then like i remember like some books growing up really stuck out to me like tiger rising by kate d'amelio um and then like perks of being a wallflower like i have that tattooed on my arm like that book stood out to me so much and I so I have like fond memories of great books um so like if I find one that I like I become obsessed with it I have a very obsessive personality where like this one thing will become my entire personality for as long as I'm obsessed with it and so that's how I am like with books if I find a good one and so I'm happy that like I finally found like my niche of books that like has made me want to continue to read more and more and more yeah, well, I just added that to my Goodreads want to read list. So looking yes. forward to that. Material, Alexis Hall. It is so cheesy. It's great. I love it so much. It's so good. Very excited. I love a book rack. Okay, so now do we want to pretend like we're wrapping? I'll splice this to make it better. But do you guys, we'll, we'll just say goodbye and you can plug your stuff. Perfect. But Ashley, we're going to come, we're not going to go anywhere. Talk about I'm actually like, I was like, there's no way we'll go over. I'm just really sad. I don't get to talk to Aggie about Top Chef, but like, there's there's other. You can all, we, for it. I can always come back. I can always yeah, come back. Like, absolutely. It's a, you just tell me when you want me, and I'll show up. Very you guys sweet. should you guys should do a special like Top Chef only episode together. We should. I don't feel go. okay. I don't feel the need to to participate. I, have, I know nothing um, about. Okay, Top so Chef. Ashley, so reach out to me, girl, and you talk to Brian. Yeah. We can. Are you watching the new season? Oh yeah, I, I, I watched haven't the, watched any of the new season yet, so I can start watching it. I I've been oh we've been like trying to figure out all this stuff with like RuPaul and stuff. So yeah, I'll watch and then we can like talk about an episode or something. Or be like, let's talk. Yeah, about we it. could even do a recap at the end of the season. Oh, I love that. The there we go. I love like a stand. Yeah, we that could, can, like like that. I don't know. That can be one of my uh, maternity leave episodes. Yeah, that's oh a God. very good. But point. yes, I'll I'll start watching and then we can 
you you reach out to me and we'll, we'll hang out. With okay, you. I'm down. Perfect. I I have one non-survivor and then one survivor. Should you I start off with the survivor just to keep on the same track? Yeah, so I I talked last week about uh, Vanuatu, and it's so funny because I guess I don't know. Rob has a podcast was was did a recap of this, and then also just like Twitter's been talking about it in general. And there's been this Twitter buzz about like why is this such an underrated season? And I totally agree. I think it is super underrated. Um, I think one of the main reasons is that Jeff just like hated Chris, the winner. Uh, that was I think a big part of it but I I love it so much if for nothing else because of the fact that like this is one of Jeff's best reunion entrances where he gets in a truck to get on a plane he skydives out of the plane with the the urn of votes in his backpack and then jumps on a motorcycle to drive across country how does he how does he do it but so then I started watching Palau right after, which I've never seen in its entirety before. And um, one of the escaping reality podcast hosts who we didn't have on the show today, uh, Anna, she is like Palau's biggest fan in the entire universe. And so that it didn't it didn't influence. Well, yeah, I guess going in, I was like, OK, but, but it's, it's it's a. I don't know. She loves it so much. And then some of them. Do, so I it was it was polarizing a little bit. And I, I just had a real roller coaster. I'm still, I'm still on the roller coaster because in the beginning I was like, what's not to love? This is great. I love a strong theme and like a different fun setting. Um, there are some fun rewards, some fun challenges, like Tom's being Tom. Like there's a lot of good stuff, but then it gets to the point where it's just like sad because Oolong keeps losing. And this was just like such a weird season where they had, um, you know, one of the tribes get down to one player and it came down to a fire making challenge, which I, I doubt they've ever done that again or yeah, it didn't, which just, just didn't work out that way. Um, so I didn't like it for, for a while, but then now that they've merged and stuff is part of the tribe and there's just, it's, it's a cohesive thing. I'm kind of getting into it again. So I've really been enjoying my I took a little break from my like rewatch binge, but I've I've really been into it. Yeah, it sounds like it's worth checking out. I I kind of want to start going back and I have not been watching any Survivor outside of the seasons that we're watching now, so I have just been one, watching one episode a week. I feel like in the beginning when we first started the pod and it was like winners at war and then like Courtney and like some other people like started watching other seasons and like like Gabby and Buddy, like my friend Danielle, like and they would talk to me about them and I'm like, oh man, I want to watch this again. But I feel like I've kind of fallen out of that. So I kind of want to get back to that. Maybe with Palau. Maybe. Okay, so my other luxury item, which is non-survivor. This past week or two, Matt's cousin recommended a podcast to me. And I heard it. I think um Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five mentioned it. But it's this podcast called under the influence and it's an eight part episode podcast i think i'm getting that right i think there's eight ish there's it's a manageable amount there's only one season i think she's gonna do another season um it's it's called under the influence with joe piazza and it's about 
um, Instagram mom influencers, but it's a really nuanced look at it. And it's really, really interesting. And I just think it's produced in a way that reminds you of like a true crime podcast where, you know, someone's narrating and I really, I really liked it. I listened to it in I think less than two weeks. That would be my my item, and I and and that's the thing. It's like I, I as we've thoroughly discussed, we don't listen to a ton of podcasts these days because it's we're not driving anywhere. But every time I've like gone to run an errand, I've been like putting this on. Yeah, I know. I need to start listening to podcasts in my house because I'm really falling behind, and like I hear of a new one I want to listen to, but then I want to keep up with the ones I currently listen to. But you don't have to do anything once you know it's when it's yeah, when it's. To. When it's the right time, you'll know. Yeah. But what what have you been into? Well, Laura, um, obviously it was the finale of season two of The Circle this Wednesday. And that was amazing because, you know, it was my first time ever watching it. So I just didn't know how it was going to go. I had no idea who was going to win. I was happy with the choice. My number one didn't win, but... Oh, it was such a roller coaster. So then after that, I was like, all right, well, I guess I should watch season one of The Circle. So obviously I watched the entire thing in the span of two days. And it was so good. It was just it was very different, but still very good. And oh my God, two days. I, oh yeah. I mean it was only twelve episodes. How long are the episodes? Forty something minutes. Okay, so. So, yeah, I mean it was a significant chunk of time. You did some I, work. I, yeah, I don't. Reg- well, I couldn't stop. That's the thing. Like, that's how good it is. It's like I on Wednesday night because I had watched um, Wednesday after work. I watched the finale of season two, and then I think we were texting, and Brian was like, "Oh, is the finale today?" I was like, "So funny! I just finished the episode. I think I might check out season one sometime." And then it just started playing on Netflix, and I was like, "Well, I, I guess the time is now." And so I pretty much just like watched it until it was time to go to bed. And then like I was like fighting sleep and I was like, no, you you should go to bed. You have to work tomorrow. So I did. And then after work on uh, Thursday, I picked it up and here I am now. I actually like it was one of those things that ended and I kind of felt a loss. Like I was like, oh, no, like I don't have any new episodes to watch. And then I was like looking at everyone's social media and like they just had a circle reunion where they had all see they had season two and the season one players like all meeting and they all sincerely seem like they have stayed amazing friends which i think is really sweet because i mean how they get to know each other is they're communicating in this social media platform called the circle they can't see each other so they're having these conversations and they form these amazing bonds of like just very unlikely friendships like in season one there's this guy and they like you know call him broy joey like he is just this like loud boisterous italian from new england i texted brian i was like brian i am embarrassed so i was like i i have a crush on joey i was like I kind of there's kind of like a boston rob vibe a little bit in okay. a way it, it's actually like a boston rob, rob mixed with jersey shore vibe and i i was very surprised but he has such a sweet heart and i just really am drawn to him and he forms his strongest friendship with this this young indian man named shubham and they like they nickname him shuby and it's just so joey's like shuby's my boy and shubham is just like joey's my best friend in this game and it's like these it's it's so it's it truly is beautiful like the thing about the circle is 
there are so many beautiful moments, but it's suspenseful. It is, there's times where it's like corny. They have these like lame challenges sometimes. It's not like a survivor immunity challenge where it will, it actually really impacts anything. It's kind of just to, it's kind of just for fun. And some of it's like silly and like, so yeah, it, but I don't know. There, there's, there's so many things about it. I really think that anyone that is a survivor fan would probably, probably like it. Like that I get an adrenaline rush when they do the blocking, like a blocking is like tribal, it's like they rate people and then the rankings show on the screen and they're all watching separately from their rooms though, not knowing if they're going to be an influencer or if they're going to be blocked. It's just blows my mind. I don't know. I, I will say of all the shows you've pitched to me, I feel like this is the one I'm most likely to watch. Soon. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I know. And I'm the worst. Like I don't always watch everyone's recommendations, but I feel very passionate about this, that it's good. I, the, the one I feel very passionately about and it's not I don't actually don't think I would recommend it to you like not that I don't think you would like it but I the show Tad Lasso on Apple I like yeah. literally t- told Amy and Lauren I would Venmo them both ten dollars for a month of Apple TV if they would watch Ted Lasso and they wow. haven't done it anyway someone else, someone else watched that I thought no, I mean, I I believe that it's good. I think in my head, I'm like, I don't have Apple TV. But I mean, I could I could get it just to watch it. There's a free trial. It's like 10 episodes. They're short. It won, like, it, it, I think, it, it, I don't know if it won the, he, I think he won a Golden Globe for, like, best comedy actor. I don't know. Yeah. No, um. Well, I'm glad the circle hasn't let you down. I was really inspired by uh, Nick's book talk. I've been, uh, I haven't been doing a lot of reading. It's just like not something that yeah. can hold my attention right now. But I did just buy like a new big stack of books. Because um, I'm always like, maybe this will be the one that gets me. Yeah. So maybe yeah. next week I'll have a, a book to share. Well, honestly, I was inspired too because I really loved Red, White, and Royal Blue so much. And so if I like a book and then someone's like, this book is like that book, I'm like, that will really get a fire going in me but no i need i need to read more too i think it's just because i spend so many so much time in front of the computer screen like sometimes i work late and stuff i feel like my brain is just like i can have the tv on because i can still hear it even if i look down like i don't have to be looking with my eyes so but i don't yeah. know i i love reading so i really i, I haven't read a single book in 2021 that's how you'll bad get it there is. you'll get there i haven't read a, i haven't read a book in a year the last book I read, I swear, I I stopped reading April, in April. I was like, this pandemic, I'm going to read so many books. And I just didn't. Yeah. So it's been literally a year since I read a book. Wow. Well, wow. It's fine. Well, Nick and Aggie, thank you so much for coming on the show to chat about Survivor. I'm so glad that we got to go into some tangents about other players and other seasons. There is so much more I want to talk about, but I don't think this will be the last time that y'all are in the show. Um. So obviously everybody can find you at escaping reality, not to be confused with escape from reality, reality escape pod. That's not us. That's PG escaping reality. Where else can people find you? You can find my personal account at Nikki mouse four one one on Instagram. Show me some love. Also, if you're a hot gay single man living in New York city, (laughs) hit me up. (laughs) Um, 
if you want my personal Instagram, it's also at Dagatha on Instagram. It's because it rhymes with Agatha, Agatha if you say it in an Australian accent. People always ask me, and it's hmm. just like it's always been that. Um, but we're at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram. We're at ESC Reality Pod on Twitter because your handle can't be that long on Twitter. And um, but yeah, slide in our DMs, talk to us. We also are. I think we're Escaping Reality Podcast on gmail.com. We are still doing Fans Have Spoken. Um, we've got our rewatches coming up, starting with Palau. We're going to post it on social media like this weekend, but we're going to be watching Palau this coming week um, and recording our episode on the 16th. So if you have any comments for Fans Have Spoken or like strong feels about Palau, or you just want to rewatch with us and like talk to us in our DMs, hit us up. I'll, s- I'll send some in for sure. Yeah. I yeah. I'm on like... Have. And then I think I'm on like episode 10, maybe. Yeah. And then also aside from Survivor, we have started to do recaps every single Friday of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. It is my passion project. I have been forcing the girls and talking to them about letting me do this since we started the podcast where we watch me and where me and Aggie watch the episode and then give everybody a recap about what we love about that episode. Yes, we vibe check RuPaul Charles. Just or Michelle, that whoever needs line. it. Whoever needs it that episode. But it's super fun. It's also something different for us because we are trying to branch out from the world of Survivor. We love Survivor and it will always be near and dear to our hearts. But we are trying to bring in our other passions as well. I mean, branch out until season 41. I mean, yeah. whatever Jeff whenever Jeff drops it but yes we will be doing things outside of the survivor world too it's a reality competition podcast not just survivor but it's all in good fun but Ashley I will start watching Top Chef so we can (laughs) you have it's it's very good I believe it every season of that show is good so I'm in amazing I've been telling Laura to watch it for years I get if you're not like into like food it's like, it can be kind of boring. And if you haven't been with it for a long time, like to just pick it up now would be kind of weird. Like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I guess maybe I really do love food that much. I don't know. But I, I do. I, just, I love food that much. I like to pretend I, uh, I'm eating it. Like, I, I imagine what it tastes like. Like, if one of your hobbies is just like hearing someone mention, oh, I went to this restaurant, and then you go to their website and like scan their menu and annual, analyze it just for fun, like Top Chef is for you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, maybe I maybe I will have some discuss. We'll see. We'll see. I I I like. I it's just one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't explain. I just. I've never truly given it a chance. I can't say I dislike it. I'm sure I would like it. I've like watched episodes over Aggie's shoulder before, and like it's interesting. I've just never sat down and watched a whole season. And but I'm sure I've seen like the same five episodes multiple times because Aggie has this thing where she watches the same season of a show. 20 times and so like i've seen probably a whole season just because she rewatches the same season 50 times for everyone's information it's season six and season eight it's just yeah season season eight is the best season eight's the best season of top chef you can come for me but it is yeah absolutely i've seen the others it's the best one Wait, can I just, well, so since I was thinking about this right early, I know you guys have to go in a second, but I just need to say, I was on um, the Saks Off Fifth website looking for, like, cheap designer shoes today. Love that. And they had a pair of Roberto Cavalli shoes, and they were fucking crocodile print, and I was literally shitting myself because Angelo, with his bag of vomit, and he writes crocodile on the table. I forgot about that. 
one of the worst I, things to ever happen. Also, like, why just, are we why are we doing food that you can't eat? Like, it's just well, that was stupid too. But I was just dying that I'm like, oh my god, Angela was right. Of course, he really, Angela was he right. Love, he loves crocodiles. Oh man, of course, Angela so was right. Oh well. Oh man. Sorry, I just wouldn't understand. <laughs> I was it's like, a TC thing. It's okay. Well. Thank you again so much for for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us. We really enjoyed it. Oh my God, yes, thanks so much for, for having, having us. us. Ashley, you talk to me about Top Chef. Otherwise, we're we're, I will... we're down to talk Survivor whenever. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we're going to be back next week getting to double digits with Kagayan episode 10. Um, if you have not, we would love if you could leave us a rating and maybe a review on iTunes. Sorry, Apple Podcasts. I don't think I'll ever get that straight. We <laughs> are on Instagram at Idle Chatter Podcast and Twitter at Idle Chatter Pod. Um, please feel free to slide into our DMs. We'll, we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we hope you have a great week. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.